Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show. I'm your host, Chris Cypher73 Cabrera, and I have a fantastic guest on here. Uh, his name is David Sadoti. Okay, now this is where I get a little bit confused because I, on one show, you were under the Independent Bigfoot Research Group, but you're also under the independent, wait, the ISRTUSA.com. So can you differentiate that? Can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, they're one of the same, actually. Uh, It's the independent Sasquatch research team. That's why I created that in uh, 2000. Um, uh, I was on a a larger group back back in the day when I first started doing this. And then uh, in 2000, uh, I just went kind of went my own way. And uh, so I I developed the or created the team, the independent Sasquatch research team. And uh, that was back in 2000. So it's been quite a while, man. It's been, it's been a ride. It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. I would imagine. Well, David, I was, I was talking to you earlier and I told you that I listened to you on this show called Sasquatch Odyssey. Yes. And yes. Uh, it's very compelling because I live in Florida, been to Florida. I'm a, I'm a transplant from New York city, but I mean, realistically, I've been here long enough that it's uh-huh. in my blood. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm a, I'm think- a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan, but I, you okay. know, it's all New York. It's all New York. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you were saying some really incredible things. Um, oh, yeah. Man. Can, you, can you go into the origin of, of like where you born and raised in Florida and, <laughs> your, in- and your intro into the subject of Sasquatch sure. or anything paranormal? I was originally born in Connecticut. Uh, my parents were oh, living, okay. uh, living in Milford, Connecticut. And uh, of course, like m- most uh Northern folks, they get tired of the snow, man. And, and uh, my dad, my dad got tired of shoveling snow to, to get in and get out, you know? <laughs> so and when I was at the age of two, um, they moved, moved down to Florida. And uh, ever since then, I, that's uh, between Florida, North Carolina, and just different parts of Florida is where we lived at, but mostly in Florida. Um, uh, of course, they lived there in, in Connecticut most of their lives. Um, and uh but uh, yeah um got down here and the different the different places we lived here in florida or it was we were uh in areas where there was lots of forest areas um ocala was the was really close to us um so uh, the area that we were just we lived north of uh ocala national forest so even there was all lots of woods and forests and stuff. So being kids, man, we were just like back in those days, um, we were outside all the time playing, running around, building forts, building, you know, mm-hmm. just running around through the woods, having fun and exploring. exploring uh, fi- right. Yeah. F- finding all kinds of cool stuff to, to mess around with in the woods. And, <clears throat> and uh, you don't see a whole lot of that, you know, kids doing that today, but you know, it was just a shame because it's fun. Uh, <laughs> but um, we also lived in North Carolina for a while, um, and we did the same thing up there. The only difference up there is there was mountains, of course. You know, right? What, and, what uh, part of North Carolina? It was uh, Brevard, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of national parks up around there in those area, in, the, in that area. Um, but uh for the most part man we were it's just like you know anywhere else there was lots of forest for us to go run around cool creeks to play in and just you know just go out for hours and hours all day and just check out the areas right get in touch uh, with nature you know right right and it wasn't until uh i'll try to condense this down it wasn't until uh the story is all about you david yeah i was i was seven years old me and my brother my brother's a little he's a year older than me um 
and we were the closest two brothers because um, I'm the last of six in the family. Um, and uh, we were watching uh, the show called In Search Of with uh, Leonard Nimoy. That's way back. Um, but we saw the, uh, what intrigued me was it was the show that, uh, I was on that night was, uh, uh, talking about Bigfoot and the Patterson Gimlin film, which I didn't know who these people were or what have you. But all, all I, re- all I can tell you what I remember of that is seeing this creature walk across this, uh, Creek bed into the forest line. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I said, and I, and always in the, in my mind, I was like, man, wouldn't that be cool if we ran across something like that or something like that was actually real out there. Um, so that always kind of stuck in the back of my mind as a kid, uh, of course, growing up, you know, things go, go to the wayside, you know, and you don't think about these kind of things until later in life, which then happened in uh, 1995, um, when I started getting into the computer field industry and, um, actually, uh, got my own computer at that time right. and, uh, doing schoolwork and so forth. Um, I did just for giggles, you know, sitting there one night bored. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to pop in here and see what I can search online under Bigfoot, Sasquatch. And I uh, found a bunch of information out there. And I actually found people that were actually going out and looking for these things. Right. And it was just like a fire, man. It just lit under my butt and <laughs> said, oh, man. So I started digging in more and digging in more and doing a lot of armchair research for the probably uh, it was three years, I think it was, right. two, you know, two, two and a half to three years, you know, and, uh, cause I want to learn more. I you know I was intrigued and I was like, Hey, I remember this, you know, Patterson Gimlin film watching that as a kid. Now, you know, looking at these, and then there was a more video out there that I didn't even know. And that intrigued me even, even more so. So, um, so it just kind of built from there. And I started, um, what I, what I started doing and, uh, um, so, so david before you get into that what what yeah. videos what other videos were, are you talking about uh just different types of clips and then okay uh, vi- videos of uh you just know online possible, stuff that people yeah yeah okay. possible online stuff that you know possible sasquatch you know this right is a, i got you a video you. of a sasquatch but you know some of them were kind of like blob squatches right. you know <laughs> but, well the, the patty i don't know if you're aware of this um the, the patterson gimlin film that was shown on in search of that episode uh aired in 1977 yeah and I remember in 1980 seeing that, and oh, that, wow. okay. yeah, that that had the yeah. same thought as you, like, wow, it would be crazy yeah, to run into something like that, you know? Yeah, but, and then uh, and then and then uh, later on in life, you know, I'll tell. Well, actually, back in, in 2018, I'll tell you about that. But okay. actually, got, but um, but yeah, <laughs> so, hey, continue um, with your thought. Go ahead, yeah, 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 no, no, no worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah, um, but so what I did is, uh, you know, um, I didn't know what researching was back then, as far as that goes, um. And what it was is what I was exactly doing. I was like um, looking up information, cross-referencing stuff, um, reading more books on the subject. Actually, Diane Stocking, uh, she was, uh, I met her from the BFRO. Um, she kind of gave me a lot of literature to, to, to catch up on because uh, she was a curator for, for BFRO back in the day there. Right. Um, and that kind of helped me get along, get my start in, into a lot of things along with my own research that I was doing. I would, I would stay up to like two o'clock in the morning, uh, probably starting, you know, after dinner at night, you know, and then stay on the computer and just reading reports after reports after reports across the country and different parts of the world. And, uh, 
as I was doing that, you know, as you, you know, it's like kind of like reading a book, you know, and then when you run this, how I can explain it is like you read a storyline in a book and some of these storylines kind of seem to very similar. So what I was picking up is patterns of these creatures in different parts of our country and different parts of the world that they were doing, you know, like their eating habits, their living area habits, um, just those, those kind of, I wouldn't say oddities, it'd be oddities to us, but it was, it would, it would be like, you know, if you think of it now as how someone or something would have to live off the land. Um, right. So these creatures, you know, you know, were doing pretty much the same basic had the basic skills and doing this basic things across the country. So these were patterns that you were picking up and I was picking up when I was reading these, these reports. Now it's not like le- listening to podcasts back then because they didn't have those, <laughs> which right. would be, which would be awesome because that, you know, they've got a lot of reading, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it also, you know, one of one of the the patterns that I've uh, that I realized that these things were happening, they, you know, they, these things would stay in areas um, wherever the food source was at. You know, it was a good food source or water source or you know, and and shelter, of course. So those are the three basic things. And if you ever got into survival you know, training and all that, that's the one of the three basic things: food, water, and shelter. <clears throat> so these things were, you know, you know, it's it's they were living by it, you know, like a rule. Um, So, you know, we take it for granted, you know, some things in life, but these things, you know, they're, they're they're having to do it um, every day and and live, live that life all the time. Um, Whereas we're kind of lax and, you know, don't have to worry about it because we're, you know, we have everything at the finger at our fingertips really easily. Uh, So these patterns just started picking up and, uh, they're not so different, but I, I did over the years, I heard a lot of things, especially here in Florida, that, the, you know, the skunk ape is different than the ones out West and, and uh, in Pacific Northwest. So why, you know, why, do you, I, why do you think that is like, where do you think that started from? Uh, I think just because of hearsay, maybe some eyewitnesses and maybe some conjecture, you know, that kind of thing. But um people don't realize that these things, they grow from infants on up to adult sizes. So you're going to see a, a large amount of different size of these creatures throughout Florida and across the United States. Now, what some of the evidence we've found or I've found and our, our team has found is, you know, 18 inch tracks here in Florida. And, okay. Uh, now I think those were in Kissimmee, I believe. That- Kissimmee. Uh, that's one of the areas. Yeah. And, uh, where where specifically in Kissimmee? Do you know? Can you, can um, you that that particular area was in um, Three Lakes Water Management Area. Where is that? That's a large area of in Kissimmee. Um, <laughs> there's a little area called Yeehaw Junction. Okay. And 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 uh, you may have if if you're ever riding down the the, the turnpike, can you see a sign that says Yeehaw Junction? Yes. Um, it's not far from there. And as you're, if you're going ever taking the turnpike there in that area, you, you can see how massive right. and thick the forest is there. So there is nothing for miles and miles and miles. And, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, hunting leases out there and a lot of water management property. Um, 
and that's where we in that area one of the areas out there is where we we found it uh, uh a good size prints out there along with um these palmetto bushes that were just smashed down like something really heavy just you know the the only way i can think about it is, is something had an itch and decided to lay on these palmetto bushes and right. just scratch scratch their back like a bear oh, okay. yeah, yeah, these right. things were just flattened down and i was like you know what all the years that i've been out in the forest and the woods and different parts you know i've never seen something like this before um and so as we started, you know, canvassing the area, looking for any kind of clues and, and sign, uh, this is where we, we found uh, some of those 18 inch prints. Right. Um, and you can see those pictures on our website, on our website there. <clears throat> and along with that, we found a, a grapefruit that looked like it was pulled apart with fingers. And actually, Diane was with us that, that, that trip. And uh, she actually saw and we saw teeth marks inside the grapefruit oh. like something was you know just you know biting into it you know and you can see the teeth marks just getting all the nutrients out of that grapefruit and then the seeds themselves were all piled up neatly in a pile right all a bear the, doesn't do that and oh, deer don't or, do that. Uh, right. humans don't do that either we'll right. be spitting the seeds out left and right, right you know right. And, and but this right. thing was yeah you know systematically putting them in, in a little pile and there's two little piles of it so uh uh, Diane, that's I know a, Diane that's was a pattern, right? That's another pattern that they show, right? Is doing well, things like that, like piling rocks in certain ways and stuff. Yeah, and uh, now none of us have a clue why they do any of the things they do right. because you know, unless they unless they can speak English and <laughs> or uh, any kind of like human language, you know, we can have a nice conversation. But uh, um, yeah, we don't know why they do the things they do. We just we can just pick up these patterns that they do that, you know. Um, and in these, in these, this evidence that, that they leave behind, um, we can we can we can see that okay, well this this was a you know, pattern of these creatures that they do this for whatever reason we don't really know, um, but it was very interesting. That area is very interesting. There's been many other sightings in that area as well. Um, okay, so so I when I moved from New York, I in '89, I went I lived in Kissimmee. Um, and it wasn't as developed as it is it is today. Actually, I was in Kissimmee today, but um, I remember a lot of areas being heavily forested, particularly on my route from my house going to uh, Osceola High School because I used to go to Osceola High School. And there were times where, okay, and you know this because you've lived in Florida long enough. Bef when you had like a a, a a street, no sidewalk, mm -hmm. the grass was the, essentially the sidewalk, and it was maybe right. six feet. And then nothing but forest on a wall of forest on one side. And then the same thing across the street. And I would have to walk. And I remember wow. at times like early in the morning when it was still dark walking and having the sense of being watched or hearing something uh, pacing me. And then I would stop and that, and it would stop. Ah, see, and that's a would, pattern. And then I would continue <laughs> to walk and then it would continue to walk. And then after a while it would leave me alone, but I never thought in my mind before I always thought maybe a, a cat, I also know that there's swamplands, you know, swamps in there. Maybe it was a gator. I mean, granted, you know, I don't want to get eaten by one, but still, you know, after Gator, years gators of, don't, yeah, gators don't usually do that. Right. They, they but usually. after after years of listening to so much information <laughs> oh, yeah. and learning the patterns, I just kind of thought in the back of my mind, one, I wonder what, wonder if it was something like that. So, yeah. um, I St. Cloud, Polk <laughs> County, anything in there? 
Oh yeah, St. St. Cloud, uh, especially in Polk County, there's a lot right. of a lot of a lot of sightings uh, in the Green Swamp area. That's where our stomping grounds are. Is that when I moved down to Lakeland in 2004 right. from North Florida? Um, a buddy of mine, he's on that's on our team. He he actually lived here, and now he now he lives in St. Cloud. Uh, he had to move over there for work, but uh, he lived in Polk County in North North Lakeland, and uh, actually lived close, really close to uh, the Green Swamp, closer than I do. I'm about 40, 35, 40 right. minute drive. Uh, now, how large? how large is the Green Swamp? Like how many acres? Uh, well, and uh, there's different parts of the Green Swamp. Um, there's it's, it's probably um, water management wise properties like over over at least four. Th- 3,000 uh, acres or more. Wow. Um, I know the, um, there's different parts of it too, and it's, it's a big area, but the water management breaks it up into different parts of the land. There's private land that's all considered the green swamp as well. Right. Um, so it's just a massive, massive area. Right. Um, it's, it's part of the corridor that goes on down through the, um, to uh, Hillsborough river and, uh, the north part goes up to Leesburg area, up right. close to o- Ocala. Um, so there's a nice so you, little corridor. Right. So you have all these large masses of land that connect that to connect, each other. Yeah. So th- yep. so something can go in there and just travel all. Oh yeah. All the time yeah. without being seen. Yeah. And they got food, they got water, and they have right. uh, uh, lots of a uh, natural springs. So you got really good fresh water too, right. and not just not just stagnant water. Um, uh, but it's it, there. Most of the all the areas are just really thick vegetated areas. So you know they got they have plenty of land to to, to move around in, to hide in, to sure. live in, and that sort of thing. But what you were saying about being uh, what I call that being shadowed, um, right? Yeah, uh, that's a, that's one of the patterns that these things do. Um, that's one of the ones that I would always read about on these uh, encounters. Um, bluff charges, you know, that was another one. Um, these things looking in people's windows, uh, going through garbage, you know, um, killing dogs, and you know, just all these little bit of little bits of, uh, of patterns that you know go go with the puzzle of all this. Correct. Uh, so, and. Uh, the intriguing, most intriguing thing we found in the green swamp, uh, I didn't find actually, it was uh, another teammate that was out there, another investigator um, of an area where a hunter had an encounter many years, uh, about, probably about two years bef- before we discovered this or saw this was discovered. Um, the hunter had, a, of course, his, his encounter there early in the morning in the green swamp when he was hunting, uh, I think it was deer hunting or I think, or yeah, he's deer hunting because he had a rifle. Um, and uh, this one walked right out in front of him. He didn't, he thought it was actually another hunter in a ghillie suit. And he, it was early in the morning. So it was kind of that time of the morning where it was kind of just dark enough. You can't really make out a lot. <clears throat> and uh, had a little bit of light because the sun was coming up, but he didn't have a whole lot of light. But uh, he noticed that the guy, or he thought this was a hunter, didn't have a, a rifle with him he's walking across and this he, he's sitting facing a big open field that this now this field had uh, vegetation palm fronds and and brush uh, about say my height would probably be up to my thigh how tall thing. are you 
I'm five and eleven, almost okay. six. So, um, so it, it would be probably up to my thigh or my waist. And uh, this thing was just coming across, and he he was looking at this thing, and he figured out that hey, this isn't a hunter, and this thing had stopped right in front of him. And it was he was I don't know, I'm I'm guessing I think he was probably thirty or forty yards from him, and it. And he's and this guy is all decked out in camo, right? <clears throat> and this thing just turns and looks at him dead in the face. <laughs> and uh, he goes as he as he's he's looking at this thing crossing. He has his phone and he's taking a video of this thing. And uh, as this thing looks at him, then he started getting nervous. And he said when he when he when this thing turned in his, its head and looked at him, he goes he knew it wasn't a hunter at that point. So he put his camera down, his phone camera. And uh, he reached for his, he grabbed his gun. And he said, as soon as he did that, this thing turned and just bolted across that vegetation, that real high vegetation. Right. Like it, like it was nothing. I mean, it was like you were uh, a football player hitting a 40 yard dash, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, and it was gone. And he goes, then he really knew it wasn't a, <laughs> a, right. a guy in a suit or anything, you know? Um, but he, I saw the I saw the video and he said it was it was, a, it was kind of a crappy video because it was not much light and it was foggy and you know it looked like on the video he said it looked like a, a tree stump. He says, but as you during the day you look out there, there is no tree stump there. And he said it just you know just boggled his mind. He said he finally saw a skunk ape. You know, been out there hunting thirty years or so and. Uh, Always oh, heard so, stories. So it's one of those stories where the person yeah. probably didn't believe in it. For probably so not. Many yeah. Years, yeah. I heard stories, you know. Was, yeah. And, uh, but, and then this thing showed intelligence knowing that this person went from the phone oh, yeah. to the gun. Mm-hmm. So now, the, now, now, now the other intelligence I'm going to bring up is in that same area. Right. This was, this was probably a couple of years after this. We, we go in those, we go in these areas just to see if we can find sign, even though the reports are, you know, many years old, um, because they're going there for whatever reason, either it's a shortcut, you know, we're, we're trying to pick up, you know, signs of, or evidence that these things are traveling through different corridors of the, of the, of the swamp. Um, and uh, a couple of the researchers that um, were there, they found uh, two of these uh, cypress trees. And these two cypress trees were probably about three inches in diameter because they were growing pretty close to each other. Um, if you can picture that in your mind, two cypress trees going straight up. Okay. Now, <clears throat> these cypress trees were at the tops of them, which I would venture to say that they were approximately maybe eight feet tall. The tops of them were woven into each other two separate Whoa. trees like if like a horseshoe type of thing or an arc like an yeah. arch <clears throat> now i've never seen anything do that i've never seen them do it naturally like that which would be very very odd if i you know if it, if it did grow like that and is it possibly that it could yeah but you would see that more often in the forest which i've never saw happen before but these these two if you take the two of these uh tops of these trees and bent them over in an arc and just twist them together and uh just left it there that's what was found and it's there today i took right. a picture you know, a lot of a lot of stick video and pictures of it and uh we even asked uh, had uh, the guy that knew the hunter that had the encounter uh, rob robinson um i said rob i said uh 
can you ask the hunter? Because he, he was in contact with him. I said, can you ask the hunter? I said, if this was here at the time he was hunting. And he, he finally, he was, one day he did ask him. And uh, the hunter said, he goes, no, we, you know, that wasn't there when I was hunting. And uh, he said, if it happened, it was happened after I, I left. He goes, he goes, I don't hunt out there no more after that experience. And uh, so, you know, what it is, is it possible? Maybe so, but um, it could be. But then, then there was an article with uh, Dr. Mingdon Engel. Um, I probably butchered his last name, but uh, he, uh, he was in Russia with some researchers and he was doing some research over there in a different remote area out there where um, they call him the wild man out there as well. Oh, the, and, um, is it the Almasti? Or the, Yeti, the Yeti for sure, but I think one of them is the Almasti. Almasti, yeah. Um, I forgot what they call it, but I know for sure in that particular area that he was in researching right. in, they were calling it the wild man or you know something like that because that's what the locals there called it as well. Right. And I, you know, that's a typical name here in, in the states as well and with the Indians. Um, and there was there was an article on this, and then and then what they found was this same type of an arch no way there yeah and uh, there's a picture of it and i got that have that on the website as well so that's a comparison like you know yeah. these things are doing these particular things here in the states as well as overseas in different countries um and what they mean i don't know i mean we can always guess you know there's a lot of speculation on things because you know we just don't have the answers to a lot of it right. um, but we but we do know that <clears throat> This falls into their types of patterns that that come about. You, you may see, but it's so very interesting stuff. So, how how far back do you know? Like, because we all like when people talk about Bigfoot, whether they know it or not, they always reference the Patterson Gimlin film. But how I, far I, back? How far back in the history do you know about Bigfoot? Like, how far back does this go? Um, it goes back from what I've read, um, way back to the. Um, the mid part of 1700s to 1800s um so there's a lot of it's hard to find a lot of articles back but you can I mean, if you dig deep enough that somebody did dig deep enough back to the 1700s i think right. it was like the latter part of the 1700s where they, there was actually uh <clears throat> reports but they you know it wasn't you know there was no names like bigfoot or sasquatch it was all called uh you know, either an Indian name that the Indians had named them, right. you know, like, uh, you know, like something like the stick Indians or something like that, or, <clears throat> or the, like say the, the white, the white man back then would call them what, like just a, a wild man of the woods. Yeah. Um, so it, you would have to, you know, dig back that far to find, you know, different common names that are associated with these creatures to to pick up those articles but uh, yeah they they go back i believe in the late 1700s i believe they go back that far um now the, the biggest question is why are they here <laughs> yeah know? that is that's a, that's a huge that's question do you, what's you know, your what's how your do they fit into our uh, how do how do they fit or how do we fit into their world you know that's right. the thing are, are we and what are your thoughts on that uh, i don't know i mean it's uh <laughs> it's, it's strange i mean it's like uh you know, it's, you know, it's what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the biggest question is like, you know, what are they and why are they here? Um, uh, you know, as I got into this years ago, 
you know, you, you hear the, a lot of people you'll, you know, I've heard over the years, many years that uh, some people are like strictly, you know, these are flesh and blood creatures or, you know, they don't want to go into like a paranormal area of the, of the woo research. yeah they call it the, yeah, woo. The, the, the woo factor yeah um but you know that the the more you, you the more you dig into anything like, like paranormal um and this is paranormal because out of our norm um that we live in our lives because we live in our own little bubble and they live in their bubble um so sometimes those those two worlds clash together and cause confusion with uh, people's understanding of what they are <clears throat> um i i don't know i mean it's it's a big question mark and that's one of the reasons i'm, I'm still in this to this day right right and, cover uh, those things yeah yeah to f figure out those, those those deeper questions um but as you dig into these things like uh, one one person says that they've seen some strange things while researching um you know, they see orbs, they see all kinds of other strange things. <clears throat> um, I don't, over the years, I, I've, I've, I've learned to realize that you can't discount a lot of things just because you don't, you know, you're, you, you can't understand it, you know, like the woo factor type of thing. I was kind of like that for a little bit then as I was uh, listening to more uh, people that had reports eyewitnesses um they would say yeah it was a typical bigfoot sass, you know sighting you know that was happening but then this thing did this thing this strange thing that i don't understand what happened like it what they call cloaking you know right yeah uh, or they just disappear in the thin air um so yeah as you dig as you dig deeper and and, and my my biggest thing is our, our biggest evidence is or our help in this field is eyewitness encounters. Um, it's not hearsay. You know, you go right to the source and you ask them, you know, and you, you get all that juicy information from them. Um, and I usually say, you know, at the end of it, <clears throat> after I get all the information, <clears throat> excuse me, um, no, okay. kind of like pause and I said, okay, is this everything that you're told me that that has happened in this encounter because some people are, are reluctant to say well this thing did some strange stuff i just don't want to you know come across like a you know crazy person to because because you know most people don't understand what you know what these things can you know can possibly do and we still don't but um that's where you get all the you know, the juicy information information stuff yeah. um yeah i've seen a lot of stuff i've seen a uh, possible UFO just sitting out in the sky and yeah. on two different, uh, uh, yeah, in two different occasions. Um, <clears throat> it's weird. You getting into that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were in a we were in an area and in, uh, in the Green Swamp, and um, we we're in a section where there was two ponds, and we were just kind of, and it's very cold. It's usually back in in, uh, in the. Uh, Usually it's in the 40s, 30s or 40s in the green swamp because you get the, down here in, in Florida when you're out in the woods, it, it gets uh, a lot cold, colder out in the forest than it does in town. So, um, and and usually 
in my opinion and, and what I've observed is when it gets really cold, like in the thirties, that's when all the, the strange stuff starts coming out at night. <laughs> uh, so as we're sitting there and we're just kind of scanning around, looking through night vision and therms and, and uh, have audio rolling, you know, and on, on our parabolics, I look towards the south where our camp was. <clears throat> I'm looking and I'm seeing this, this light in the sky. And it's not just one light. It's like uh, three different colors. And they're kind of like kind of glowing bright and dim, light bright and dim. And each one of each one of the colors, which was, I think, red, orange, and blue, were doing that. Um, you know, like they, they would all do that in some, their own different types of ways, you know, not all, not a unison. It wasn't a unison type of thing. It was kind of like boop, 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 and it would, it would just fly, you know, get brightened in, brightened in. But they were all together in, in, in like in one sphere type of thing. And, uh, I called over uh, Willie on our team. I said, Willie, you see that up there? Because <laughs> I, I, I wanted to confirm that he saw the same thing I did. I wasn't losing my mind. I said, well, can you tell me what that looks like? <laughs> and I actually got my binoculars out at night. And I'm looking at this thing. And it's just sitting there hovering. And uh, so I'm trying to take video of this thing, you know, with my, my camera and uh, did some of that. And then the next day when it's, you know, bright out and during the sun, um, we went to look for that in that particular same area because it, it didn't move. It just kind of like hovered there. Right. And there was nothing there. We thought maybe there was a, we knew there was a tower, there's like a, um, a, a cell tower, but it was just flashing a red light at night. You can see it. But this was pretty close to that, but not right on top of that that tower. Um, but it, you know, it, it would it would it wasn't there during the day, and it was there the night before. Now the second occasion we were out there, this was like many months prior. I think the actually the next winter, we were back out there, and this time I had you know I had Willie with me and. Uh, and uh, another teammate of Bill and uh, his wife Bettina was up there. He's there from South uh, South Florida in Miami area, and uh, and I didn't think about it until I looked looked towards the south again. And there's that thing, same spot, sitting there hovering, right. doing the same stuff. So I, I called Bill over. I said, "Bill, you see that up there?" And he goes, "Yeah, what is that?" <laughs> I said, "That's the same thing Willie saw, you know, a year ago." And, uh, and then after that, um, you know, he was really intrigued with that. So he, he lives in, in South Florida, Miami. So he calls me one day. Um, this was several months or not several months, several weeks after that particular night. And he goes, Dave, he goes, you're not going to believe this, but I was, uh, in another location where he, he, he does research down there, um, near Okeechobee, um, he goes, you remember that thing you showed me up in the sky? And I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, we saw the same thing down here. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, what's crazy, yeah. my brother, who's a cop in Polk County, um, I think two or three mornings ago, calls me and tells me, um, he's like, I'm walking my dog and I'm seeing this orb. Described it the exact same thing that you saw. Mm. And he said the same thing to himself. It, he's like, I'm going to wait for the daytime to come to see if there's a cell tower there. Right. Because he right. thought it was a cell tower. And, it was, and uh, 
you know, he's on the phone. He's like, I'm looking at it right now as I'm talking to you. And he's like, it's not moving. And there's all these lights. He's like, I've never seen anything like this before. And he was a cop also in Missouri. So he's seen strange things out there as well. But he knows planes, you know, helicopters, all that stuff. Right. And morning came and, and that thing just, it was gone. Yeah. And it, if it was a drone, some people are probably saying right now, oh, it's probably a drone. Well, drones, you know, most for the most part, I mean, we sat there for at least 45 minutes. Now, there's I don't think there's any kind of drone that's going to sit there and hover that long without the battery dying on it, because, you right. know, unless you got like a super expensive one that can, you know, um, unless it's one of those uh, types of drone that's just, you know, tethered to a battery pack somewhere on the ground. Um but uh, it was it was strange that uh, that we saw that. But uh, yeah, there's some some of the things that we run across that are pretty sure. Now, one of the other guys, he was down in uh, uh, the Everglades, and uh, he was down there um, with some other guys doing some research. And uh, he was on Turner River Road down there, um, and that's a big area, um, lots of gators. <laughs> but he, he was at he was there on that road at night, and he saw a red orb. And uh, he was uh, trying to run the thing down, you know, he was, he was going down this road, down the, down the road and Turner River Road. And it's a dirt road. And I don't know if it's paved now or not, but uh, it was a dirt road back then. Um, but he was, he was flooring it in his little truck. He had, hmm. you know, I think he had like a little Ford Ranger or something. And uh, he goes, the faster he went, the, the faster this thing was ahead of him. Oh, wow. And uh, then it would just dart off into the, in the woods and then zip back in and zip back. And it was just, he goes, he goes, it was weird. He says, this thing was just, it knew that I was trying to catch up with it. And it just kept going, you know, it would just right. evade him really fast. And uh, maybe he, he was trying was, to lead him somewhere. Uh, maybe I don't know, or just trying to get get away from him. I don't know, but he he said that was that was really strange. He got, <laughs> he tried to chase it down. I know it's funny, but but yeah, well, let's, the get orbs. In, let's get into your research team a little bit. Um, yeah, like how many members do you have? Uh, we have we have like a core group of researchers. Um, we have probably about almost twenty, I think, in our on our team right now. Right. Um, and we have a group of uh, core researchers that, uh, what I call core researchers that are out there in the field uh, constantly. Um, and that's, we probably got about eight to 10 of those, right. those folks. Yeah. So, when, so when you do like research, like do you break them up or do you say, oh, this week me and these number of guys, are go these number of team members are going, how does that work? Or do you send different groups out to different places and then come back and reconvene? Yeah. You know, um, how does that work? I, I, I encourage, well, a lot of them, a lot of our team mates, they live in different, different counties in, in Florida. So I always encourage them to, you know, to get out in, the, in those areas that, you know, you seem fit, you know, to get out there right. in those, these different areas. Um, Cause you know, we're all, I like to keep it all of us independent and doing our, our own type of thing in, in this research and kind of have a, like a network of independent uh, researchers that can group together and say, Hey, okay, this is what I found here. This is what I have found over here. And, and then we can concentrate on a specific area that there's a lot of activity. Um, and that's what, that's how we do it. Now, when we do get together a lot, you know, our core group, um, we we do try to break up in different in smaller groups and, and get and hit different parts of the swamp because it's a 
as a large area here in Florida in different areas, you, you got to cover as much ground as you can in a, in a, so many hours. And, uh, and of course, all of us having jobs to go through during the week, you know, kind of like the, the, the weekend worry type of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, we tried to break it up into smaller groups and, and go in different areas. And then at, at the end of the day, or, you know, regroup and, and say, hey, let's, let's, you know, did, you know, go over what we found for the day. Um, and we do a lot of, you know, a lot of the night investigations as well. So um, if somebody said, hey, yeah, I heard something over here in this area, right. you know, we should go concentrate on that tonight and see what happens, see what we get. And that's, that's basically how we, how we tackle some of the <laughs> some of the areas here right and i know is it based off of like uh eyewitness stories like do you hear a story and then you um, go on to the research or is it something where it's like hey we haven't researched this area let's go give it a shot right yeah i mean a lot of, it's kind of half and half you know some of some of us from um, some old reports that we get um unfortunately you know we don't get a, a whole lot of you know you know, hey, this happened last week. You know, you need to get out here. That kind of thing. That would be awesome. And we, 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 get, we. It's very seldom that we get something like that because, especially with eyewitness accounts, um, because a lot of people, <laughs> if they're not into this, they're just they're going out fishing, they're going out hunting, they're you're just going out in in the woods, riding around, doing whatever. You know, they're not looking for these things. These things are just happening to them um they're not they're not asking for an encounter um and they may particularly not believe in any of it and they don't want to be looked upon as you know someone's crazy lost their mind you know these things don't exist but i've talked to a lot of people that thought that way until they one day they did see one and then you know it just kind of rocks the world and now the one gentleman I listen to podcast shows and uh, um, Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm sure you're you're familiar with. Yeah, Wes is awesome. I love. Wes. Yeah, he's an awesome dude, and uh, I've been listening to his information, his, his you know his podcast and the information on there. And I was like, man, where were these when I was starting out? Man, this is awesome because <laughs> <laughs> I could just sit here and listen to it all day long. You know, different right. ones right after one after the other. But uh, I listened to the one that was uh, in Florida. And this guy by the name of Steve, he, uh, he had the most aggressive encounter that I have heard in Florida in all my years of doing this research. And I was like, oh, my God. I, so I contacted Wes. And I said, Wes, you got to give this guy my information. Have him call me. I said, this is not, you know, in the realm of things of Florida. I said, this it's not far for me to, to go and investigate. Um, it's, it's about an hour and a half, two hour drive. <clears throat> and I said, uh, I gotta, I gotta have this guy call me. And, uh, so he did, he, uh, he gave me my information and Steve called me and him talked well over an hour or more. And that by far is probably the most aggressive Sasquatch encounter that I've heard of um, because he got charged by one. What happened? Can, can you go into that story? Yeah, I mean, you can hear that you it's on our website if you want to go into detail. Um, I can kind of cut it down a little bit because it's yeah, kind of it long, down. but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and hear me listening to it on the podcast, you know, and I'm like, my jaw is falling, and I was like, oh my God. And when he when he contacted Wes's show, um, 
this happened, uh, I want to say it happened like uh, a week prior, a week or so prior. And he, uh, the poor guy, he, um, when we talked, I mean, he was on the phone. He was like reliving the whole thing, man. He was right. traumatic, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, unfortunately, he had some PTSD from it as well. I would imagine, yeah. Um, well, he he was a uh, avid uh, fisherman, and um, still is. Um, and he was going to have a turn tournament in this area, so he has a, a you know fishing boat, but he didn't bring it this day. He has a kayak, a sit on type sit on top kayak, and he took this out to the area and he uh he parks his car or his vehicle in, in a particular area and then it took him it takes him about 45 minutes to kayak out to this location where right. it's his you know one of his areas that he's fished in for 20 years okay same spot he goes out there and he's fishing for redfish he's seeing how good the redfish are in that area for the tournament tournament for the next weekend and um as he's gets to the spot he's he's fishing he's throwing his line in and he he catches a fish and he he hears this this god-awful growl scream thing and he's about 25 uh 25 he said 25 feet from the shoreline um and there's a, a little shoreline there <clears throat> and he's just off there and he's fishing and he, and he hears his growl and then he gets hit with this smell Ooh, yeah. so this smell he is he says dave this is the worst thing i've ever smelled he goes it, it it's one of those that just you want to puke you know that's how bad it was and uh as he was reeling in the fish he he uh he decided you know i'm getting out of here man i can't stand this smell and uh throws the fish back he puts his rod down he gets his paddle and he, he said I, I take a couple strokes on the paddle and he goes, and all of a sudden I hear, I see these pigs, just hogs just tear off. And he thought he scared these hogs on the shoreline. So all these hogs are, you know, running, running away, you know, and he's looking at these things. He goes, as I'm looking at these things, he goes, I, <laughs> he goes, I see this, this massive hand pull down a palm from, and then he goes, I'm look now I'm looking at a face looking at me. Oh my Lord. And, uh. He goes, he goes, I can't tell you how long we stared at each other. He goes, I would, I, maybe less than 30 seconds. And he goes, David goes, like I said in the podcast on uh, Wes's show, he goes, I don't, he goes, I don't know if this thing was squatting or, or sitting down or, or what have you. He said, but this thing bolted and uh, toward him. He goes, he goes, he goes, it was almost like lightning how fast this thing moved. And, uh, it, it ran toward him into towards his kayak or at his kayak. And I guess he thought this thing was just going to just pile drive him over. And he fell back in his, off his kayak into the water and um, he jumps back up, you know, and he's got his oar in his hand and he's yelling at this thing, like, go away, bear, go away. Cause he didn't know what the heck this was. He, you know, that's all he knew what to say, you know, to be aggressive. It's himself and try to scare this thing away. And the thing didn't move, but now at this point, he, this thing is 12 feet from him into the water. And he says, um, 
he goes, I don't know if it was up, the water was up to his knees or his thigh or what have you. He says, I, I, he goes, I didn't really pay attention to that part of the body. He says, I was just focused on its, its facial movements, you know, and probably from his face to his torso, maybe, um, because he wanted to know what it's, he wanted to see what his next move was going to be. If it's going to tear his limbs off from limb to limb, leave him out there to die or what. But, uh, he said, it didn't do anything to him. It just did that bluff charge at him, stopped. And, uh, just, but he did say he had a look on his face like it just, you know, he just wanted to kill him, you know. And uh, then it turned around and uh, it walked back on the shoreline a little bit and it was going back into the wood line. And it turned around one more time, looked at him. But this time he said it had like a confused look on its face, like, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> So, um, so I told, I told Steve, I said, well, maybe you interrupted its hunt. Maybe he was hunting those pigs and you messed it all up, you know, just by being there and it was pissed and it just wanted to chase you out of the area, you know? Um, so after that happened, he says, David, he goes, I don't remember getting back to my kayak. I don't remember paddling the 45 minutes back to my vehicle getting in my vehicle and driving home. He goes, it's all a blur. He goes, I don't remember doing any of that. And he, uh, I said, well, I said, it's your brain is trying to process what you just saw. Yeah. Because uh, he said, he, he goes, yeah, I'll tell you, because I've heard about Bigfoot and stuff. He goes, I just never really give it much thought you know i heard you know people you know harry and anderson's is probably about the, the biggest thing he's ever heard about it and, and hearsay of that but he's never had an encounter such as that um in the past couple of days you know he would you know he, did, he didn't tell his wife or his kids what happened for a very long time he kept it bottled in and um, he would wake up with nightmares cold sweats and that sort of thing like he was reliving it and uh unfortunately yeah he had a lot of a, a lot a lot of rough road after that you know because you know do i tell my wife do i tell my kids you know do I, right. you know all that kind of thing all that went through his mind constantly and his just his whole perspective of everything that he's he's learned changed in a in a matter of seconds and, uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's doing much better. He's, he's still, you know, he's apprehensive about getting into the woods. He wants to know more about it, but he doesn't want to get too close. You know, it's one of those things you want to know more, but, he, but uh, maybe at a distance, you know, <laughs> it's, but, uh, it, it really messed him up. And, uh, I'm, and he actually told me one day that, uh, he goes, Dave, it wasn't from you for you talking to me because we talked several more times, you know, right. after many times, um, he goes, if it wasn't, he goes, you're right. He goes, it wasn't, if it wasn't for you, me and you talking about this, he goes, I probably would have done something really stupid and, uh, oh, just, wow. just, and just ended it, you know, because that's how bad it affected him. Right. You provided and, like therapy for him essentially. Yeah. Kind of sort of. Cause I, uh, cause I would tell him, I said, you know, you're not the only one that's had an experience like this, you know, and you, you got to talk, the more you talk about it, you know, the better, you know, gets it off your chest. You know, you're not the only one out there that's had encounters like this. So, you know, it, it does 
it does it does help with people that you know have hard time understanding about these creatures and he would tell you you know and then there's several times you know well one time actually adam davies um came to florida he said hey i want to go out and check out that area that uh i heard about that report and I, I ran into him at the conference in uh, the international bigfoot conference in uh, washington state that's where i went because mm-hmm. i i wanted to see bob gimlin and that's why <laughs> i flew out and that was for my 50th birthday <laughs> and the legend, uh, the legend. Uh, yeah the legend i wanted to go see the man the legend and that was really fun more than i expected happened there and uh got to meet some really good people um Travis Walton from uh, Fire in the Sky, yeah. the gentleman. Yep. Got he's to meet him. Yeah, he is. He is awesome. Actually, I found out he was on the same flight uh, along with uh, Ken Gerhardt. <laughs> we were really? all on the same Ken flight. Ger- <laughs> yeah. Well, you can pick. You, you can always pick out Ken because he's the only one on the airplane with a with a hat. The hat. You know? Yeah, he always has a hat on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, hat. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was him or uh, Lyle Blackburn, but uh, right, right, right. but. I knew where he was, where we're going to Washington state. So I knew he was going to speak and I knew, I knew Lyle was going to be there too. So I didn't know which one it was until I got up and, and used the bathroom on the, on the plane. I had my, my, my Bigfoot cards I carry with me. So on the way back, I, so on the way back, he was reading a book or something on the, in, in the plane and uh, on the way back to the, my seat, I reached over and I gave him a card and I said, Hey, you're not going to find Bigfoots up here, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me and he goes hey dave how you doing <laughs> that's cool man that's cool man yeah because you know you're talking about the ptsd thing um I, I was in the military for four years and i was there during like 9 11 oh man there was plenty you for of your service man no no like, no I, I appreciate it um i i didn't go overseas i was lucky i guess i was lucky or unlucky whatever the case may be i, I worked in the armory when i was when i was in the air force so it was hard for them to find a replacement, so I, I wasn't able to go overseas. But I saw a lot of the guys that came back and how they changed from before. Oh, yeah, and a lot man. of them would not tell their families the things that they saw and experienced. So I yeah, can understand that whole PTSD <clears throat> and holding it in and, and having these feelings of, you know, and nightmares and all that because, you know, all that stuff runs through your head constantly. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough. I mean, it comes in many forms, too, you know, so yeah. – um, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's, and you wouldn't think it would, but you know, a lot of people deal with it, man. It's, it's like, yeah, I saw something I don't believe in, or, you know, never thought these things would exist. I actually talked to a woman that actually just, I'd say just, but she, they had a road crossing sighting early in the morning. And where, where, where at? This was just South Polk County. And um, okay. yeah. And they were, um, her and her husband and her son were in a vehicle. And they were coming back from the Tampa location over there fishing early in the morning. Um, and they were coming back because they uh, trying to get their son. They had to go to, he had to go to work early that morning. So they're, they're trying to get back uh, in time for the, to get him off to work. And uh, it was still dark out. And this was off of, um, what's that road? It's not, it's not 60. Um, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's the very end part. Gosh, I can't remember now, right offhand. Um, but there's a lot of farm and you know cattle property down south end of Polk County, um, and this is just a you know two lane road. And uh, they uh, this this Sasquatch Bigfoot ran right in front of their vehicle. Well, well I'd say within 
less than 50, 60 yards. And there was a vehicle ahead of them. And they actually got a good, a good look at this thing because of the taillights of the other car and their headlights hitting it at the same time kind of lit it up pretty good. And she said it was a dark figure and um, she says about six or seven feet tall and jet black hair. It just went from left, uh, left to right or north to south, if, if you look at it that way. Um, so I started looking up this and but, but while she's telling me this on the phone, she starts to cry. <laughs> wow. And uh, I said, yeah. I said, that's okay. You know, take your time. You don't have to rush this. I mean, just tell me, tell me when you're ready. And, uh, but she started crying because she didn't think that these things ever existed or didn't know what they were. You know, she heard of Bigfoot, that sort of thing. And, uh, but she never saw one, never believed that they existed until, until then. Wow. <clears throat> when they passed it and were across, that's when the smell hit, came into their vehicle. And it was that same putrid smell. Again, again with the smell. Yeah. Yep. So as I was doing research on that area, I was looking at uh, the area because there's there's a lot of fields that are wide open. I mean, you can see across them, but there's other areas where probably thirty or forty yards. There's like little creeks or little trees and brush that grow in between the two these that separate the two properties or, or many of the property properties there so I was, I was looking at this property and there's railroad tracks as well that's another avenue that they would travel um but these these uh, these areas where there there's a lot of coverage of trees and brush this is where this thing ran from, went from one part, one end of the road or one side of the road to the other side of the road, but stayed in that same, that same that cover of trees. Um, so they're using that to cover themselves, you know, sort of camouflage themselves as cutting through properties and so, so forth. Because when you, I believe these things can, you, they can be sitting in a bush and you wouldn't see it. And even right, exactly. broad daylight, just, right. just sitting still. Um, but um, I, I called her and talked to her a couple of times and she was so excited one time because she wanted to tell me a lot of stuff. And actually she, she did her own research, which is really good. It's kudos for somebody like that. Cause she, she really wanted to know how many sightings happen. Um, she did the moon phases because she knew what the moon phase was uh, that night. So she, looked up all the reports of uh, BFRO and other reports of actual eyewitness encounters that happened. And she said, you know, that, that same moon phase, or I think it was the, the uh, waxing moon phase where I think it's the waxing moon where it's, it's bright, but not so bright um, with the moon. And she, she told me that uh, there was a lot of reports during those times at night um, that people would have encounters. In that area? And, well, not that area, but just uh, the whole state of Florida and different right. parts of the country. Um, and I, I, like I said, well, I commend you for <laughs> doing your research on that. I said, because that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Cause a lot of people don't do that. Um, Cause she really want to know, she, you know, 
in her mind, she wants to know if she's crazy or not, if, you know, and of course there again, I assured her that, no, you're not crazy. You're not the only person that's, you know, seen these things and, you know, these types of scenarios, you're not the only one. So right. that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. But there's lots and lots of uh, reports, man. The, 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 now last year, What's day? It's 2002. My my mind's getting all all the years are getting colliding together. They, and, yeah, uh, they all blend together. COVID yeah. didn't help, so you know. Yeah, it didn't help. No, yeah, and yeah, I had that too. Oh gosh, I, I don't wish that on anybody, but I made it through all right. Um, but actually, yeah, uh, after I actually recovering from COVID, I actually went out with uh, a guy that had uh, an encounter way back many years he had a road crossing sighting too but he started doing going out he's a hunter so he goes out in dip, these different areas and this was in um, i'm just gonna say it's in the tampa location okay. and uh, and it's um, a lot of forests part of that corridor area i was telling you about um, it's in that in that corridor area <clears throat> and he wanted to take me out there. He actually he sent me a picture one day when I was working. He said, Hey Dave, what, tell me what I'm looking at. And he sent me a picture of this. Uh, it's a cedar tree. And again, another cedar tree and there's Oak tree. Uh, if you ever seen the Oaks down here in Florida, some of them, they, they kind of grow and they, they, they sprout out like, yeah, like, a v, like a V shape. Yeah. Okay. Now this, the, this Oak tree was doing this and, and this Oak tree was probably uh 10 or 12 inches well maybe less than that no they were less than that um i want to say eight eight inches in diameter maybe maybe 10 and they were splitting off like like a v-shape well this cypress tree was uh wedged in between those two oaks those two oak limbs and the the weirdest thing is is that the the root ball of the of that tree was up in the air and the top of the tree was down towards the ground yeah and as he sent me this picture i was like holy crap i said (laughs) i said that's awesome man i said uh where is this (laughs) where's this located at so um i said well that i said well from what i've what i've read with many reports in different parts of the country uh this is kind of like a you know a territorial marker type of thing like stay out or keep out you know that kind of right. thing so we eventually uh, went out there with a couple of the teammates and uh canvassed the area and i was looking around and i asked him um, i said are there any of these trees in this location right here and he goes no he goes there's there's no uh no cedar trees in this vicinity here he goes there, there is some probably i think he said 100 yards or so away from here in the the swampy more swampy area yeah and i said so what you're telling me is that uh something either a helicopter dropped this out of the sky and it landed like that or something either pulled this thing up out of the ground or picked it up off the ground and carried it here and wedged it in here for whatever reason he goes well they do a lot of hunting in this area so and i said well it could be it could be a sign of their telling you know wanted them to keep out of this area um as we were looking around and doing measurements and so forth um i'd, I'd come across an impression in the ground which was 
the impression itself was measuring about over about 20 inches. Wow. wow. And, uh, but now it's, it looks big and it seems big, but it looks like, um, it, you know, it wasn't a definite print, but it was a big impression. Um, now this was in uh, pine needles and, and uh, leaves and so forth. So it was kind of thick in there like that, but it was a very, very well defined impression in the ground as far as that goes in the weight of it too. Something heavy had to push this down in there. That was pretty impressive. So impressive. So I was trying to do the calculations, you know, trying to guesstimate of actually the actual size of the print. Well, you know, it had to be something big. It's bigger than my foot, obviously, and wider than my foot. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, it had to be something, some something really very big and very tall, especially something that would pick up a tree that a tree that size and wedge it in between these two oaks. And this the cedar tree measured probably about a good 18, 20 inches in diameter. Um, and how and heavy I, are those things? They're heavy, huh? Oh man, they're heavy. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty heavy. It would take probably five guys to pick something up or more, you know, big brutally guys, you know, somebody that probably is in the gym all the time. But you know, right. it, it's something with some weight to it that had to be had to be carried over there and wedged in between these trees. And it, it couldn't and, be a storm, maybe like maybe a storm, like a major storm, maybe could it be something like that? It, it could have. I mean, anything's possible, but because right. that's what people would, we, would think, you know. Well, yeah, uh, I would have seen I would have seen more trees like that, that that, that, that type of tree in that type in that same right. area. But there was only there was only one tree right. <laughs> I, and we we went <laughs> we went in many directions of where this tree yeah. was at, where this uh, this formation was and didn't see any of those trees in that area. Now, further on down, and like you said, about 100 yards or so down, we saw more uh, uh, cypress trees in those areas. But uh, but the, the other interesting thing is we had to ride bikes, bicycles into this area because you can only hike and bike in it um, on this property. So as we pulled up to this area, right before I, we were gonna go look at this tree, we hear this high-pitched shrill whistle come no from way. our yeah come from our left and in the in a, in a more swampy area uh, just adjacent to where this tree was at and it's just one one shrill whistle and uh we uh i didn't i had my recorder going my audio recording but i didn't it it picked it up very faintly but not really good um if i had my parabolic on at the time, it probably would have caught, captured it a lot better, but um, I just had a recorder strapped onto my backpack there um, as we were biking into the place. So, um, but that's that area is is really really awesome. We found a lot of things in there. There's very potential of these things could be traveling through that area. Um, it, there's a lot of human traffic in there, so I wouldn't think they would would be living in the area. I right. think they would probably travel into those areas for whatever reason, food sources or water sources, what have you. But I, I don't, it didn't look like an area that they would um, kind of hunker down and live in. You right. Know, especially if they had, probably. yeah, yeah, especially if they had little ones, you know, they, if they had little ones, they wouldn't, they want to stay far away from human activity as possible. But, uh, all right. So listen, um, you do a lot of investigations. And you know how, like, um, like I watch paranormal, you know, paranormal is to me a broad term, right? 
yeah. everything under that, like that would Ghosts. fall, would be ghosts, Sasquatch, UFOs. That's all paranormal, right? Yeah. When you watch these paranormal shows, these investigators sometimes they go into these properties, like these houses, and mm-hmm. right away they get like the, they some of them get like the sense, like this energy. Do you feel yeah, that yeah. sometimes when you go in, like before you even start investigating, you go into an area, do you get that feeling sometimes where it's like, oh, something, something's here. Um, that's what they call that. Your sick, sixth sense, I guess, yeah. you know, your spidey senses. Your spidey yeah. senses. Does it get activated? <laughs> uh, sometimes I do. Um, it's, uh, especially when you're by yourself. Um, like when I started this, I started hiking Ocala trails at night by myself. <laughs> and wow, I was, you crazy. People are like, yeah, yeah, I got that a lot. I was like, yeah, you're great. And, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, cause I wanted to get in there and, 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 put my knowledge to work and see if it, you know, a lot of this stuff was true or not, but, but yeah, um, the, the spidey senses thing. Yeah. Sometimes, um, you, you'll get in the area and all of a sudden it just gets dead quiet, you know? Um, right. now some people are more sensitive. Um, I don't feel like I'm as sensitive to as for those types of feelings as some, um, some people, uh, like one of our, our uh, teammates that would, were with us but she passed away uh, a few several years back but cancer correct yeah yeah she had uh, uh, brain cancer yeah uh she was uh half cherokee so wow he would always have she would always have those feelings like uh like she would just all of a sudden she'll be fine sitting around a campfire and all of a sudden she would just get creeped out for no reason (laughs) she goes oh do you guys feel that and i'm like no what are you feeling she goes you can't feel that oh my god <laughs> it just feels like a million eyes looking right. looking at her now, now when she had those feelings did something accompany that with, with it was just it would just get real dead quiet in the areas um no insect sounds no animal sounds yeah like nothing that. nothing you you wow. would hear it throughout the night and all of a sudden just go yeah that's yeah and um now we would hear trees get pushed over or fall over for no apparent reason. Um, but, uh, she was more closer to that, which we're talking about that sent those senses. But I think maybe because, um, she was more connected to her ancestors with the, you know, with her Cherokee tribe. And, uh, so she picked up on a lot of that and, uh, and, but yeah, a lot of interesting stuff, man. That was, well, that was I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you two, two different stories, okay? One yeah, uh, comes from a, a former acquaintance of mine. This happened like I want to say in 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. uh, at a place called T.G. Lee Boulevard in Orlando. Oh, yeah. Okay, now mm-hmm. now um, that area this at this time at that area was all like industrial, a lot of warehouses, but behind those warehouses were like vast amounts of swamplands. Mm-hmm. And so this individual used to work for a pharmaceutical company and how he told me the, the place laid out is that you would enter the, the front and it would wrap around the parking lot, would wrap around the building to the back. And then the back, they had like this little break area. Mm-hmm. So he would go back there because he used to smoke cigarettes. And um, anyway, what, one day he, he went back there and uh, there's a swampland, there's a little like pond and he would watch the gators like fight each other over food and stuff like that. But something told him to look in a specific direction. And he this is how he described it to me. He called me up, couldn't say any anything, like there was no words that were coming out that were, that I can comprehend. He was 
like panicking. Right. Like, what did I <laughs> yeah, it was just gibberish coming out of his mouth. And I was trying to calm him down to get to get it out of him. But finally he told me, like, I'm, 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 I went to the back, I started smoking a cigarette, and something told me to look in this specific direction. And he said, and in this direction, there's like this one big, like, huge tree. He said it's probably maybe, you know, 10, 10 foot, you know, across. And then there's a little space. And he said the shrubs were high. He said they, they were at least, and th this kid, guy's large, bigger than me. So he's probably like five, about five, seven, almost six foot. He said it's about that height. Hmm. Something steps out from the tree. And all he said he saw was like a chest area, a shoulder, and part of an arm. He said it looked amber, like amber brownish, the mm -hmm. fur. Yeah. And then it, he said the whole thing lasted literally like maybe 10 seconds. It stepped out and then it went right back in. And then he said that he couldn't see if it was like whatever it was, he said he couldn't see it like if it was moving anywhere because the shrub was so like dense, right. like on one side of the tree. And then it didn't go on the other side where there was more of an opening, but like it, it freaked them out. And I'm thinking this is in Orlando, you know, like yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that can't happen here in Orlando. So that, <laughs> that was one incident, you know, right. Another incident. And, and he, by the way, he said it was by a uh, power line mm -hmm. said, which is, I wanted to bring that up to you. Like, yeah. like these uh, patterns that we were talking about power lines. Then another mm -hmm. thing is sometimes I travel, you know, here in Orlando to Kissimmee and on my way, I'll be on, let's say, the 417. Mm -hmm. And one time my wife was driving and I'm in the car and I like to gaze out into like the different patches of land that I see, like the different foresty areas. And I always wonder what's in there. But there's this little section where it's like a corridor with a railroad line. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it's, it, it does, it's not active anymore. It's an old railroad line. But okay. apparently they still maintain the area because there was still like a corridor you can see. I saw like this, it looked like a dog. And it looked huge, oh, but yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to tell distance when, you know, you're in a moving car. Right. But what, what really got me was the back of it. It, it was on all fours, but the back was kind of bent, mm -hmm. had an arc to it. And I don't oh, know man. any dog that does that. Okay. You're going down. It was the... huge. So those are <laughs> you're so going down the, two... the dog man trail. Yeah. Well, no, I mean because you know they they, no, no, they no, said that um that I've always heard stories on Sasquatch Chronicles. Yeah. Bigfoot going on all fours and oh, yeah, they the, do. It's mm -hmm. called like a spider walk. Yes. Oh, you they so, either a spider walk or they or they or they kind of run like uh from what I've been told on all fours they kind of run like the uh if you saw the movie the planet of the apes the newer right. ones you know where they're running on doing like that right like galloping uh, almost right? galloping yeah you know? so like a gallop type of thing so so talk about that like the, those type of patterns like railroad lines and power oh. lines why 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 those areas well um there's there's been a lot of I don't know why they're attracted to them if there is an attraction to it or is it just an easy way for them to move through different parts of the areas railroad tracks railroad railroad, railroad lines, um, power lines you know um, the green swamp of course has a big distribution line that cuts right through the middle of it and then goes several miles north and then cuts to the towards the east some uh, several miles. And then, well, yeah, several miles and then cuts back north again. So that's, you know, all through there. Actually, there's been a lot of reports on and around those areas with from hunters um, that would hunt off those power lines for deer hunting. But uh, right. yeah, they uh, that's a pattern uh, that they, they use railroad 
railroad lines to, to travel through, through back and forth to different areas, power lines as well. Um, now we're, um, where Steve had his encounter, um, that particular had a, had a railroad line. Actually, I used to work for that railroad line <laughs> many years really? ago. Yeah, um, uh, that and that, that, get, that goes all the way from Jacksonville to Miami. So, but in that particular area is super forested right there. And I was looking as I was researching that area for his encounter. I was seeing how thick it was in there, and it's super thick. We actually went into that location, me and uh, Willie. And, uh, man, it was super thick. Anything could be hiding in, in there. And, uh, right. and I believe that, that there could be family groups or pods that live in that area. Um, but yeah, they travel up and down. I, I believe that they do use those areas to travel back and forth, especially if, uh, you know, if you have, um, residential areas pretty close by where there used to be forests and now there's housing development there now in 2000 um the beginning of 2000 this is i think this is my last one of my last reports i, I was with uh with this with the other group um that we did a report in jacksonville florida and uh so diane uh, calls me up and she goes hey we got a report here you want to go on it with me and go check it out and i was like sure where's it at and she goes well it's up in it's in jacksonville i was like what really <laughs> i mean <laughs> i said there's where could it be possibly happening there's at the time oh, college town right isn't it like a college town well no it's well it, it, it's it's got college people it's but it's a metropolis you know, um, this is right after, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars came in and, you know, things just, you know, the whole town just started exploding with, you know, uh, more development and stuff. So they were gobbling up any kind of patch of green greenness and, and, and Duval County to build uh, condos, not condos, but, uh, housing developments and, and apartments and so forth. So as we're going, uh, checking out this area, we had to go meet some guys. And uh, that was very interesting. There's some security guys that were in this area. They were uh, uh, doing security for, uh, I want to say it was like a little strip mall type of area. And behind that was woods. And this, this wooded area was, being, was starting to be developed with housing. And, but it wasn't, hasn't been completed yet. And they were completing some of the housing over in one area and they still had this little strip mall thing over here. <clears throat> well, kind of the same scenario you were telling me about the guy going out and back and smoking. Well, this security guy was in the back part of the, behind the building and near the wood line. And, uh, well, no, he was in the building actually. And he was looking towards this wood line and there were, one of the guy when he when he was in the building, he's looking out the window and he's looking. He's seeing something moving behind a tree, and he sees this huge figure, just kind of like what you were telling me, you know, typical scenario again, where it was peeking behind a tree. And he gets on the radio talk and and gets one of his other guys that's in a in a car, a security guard. He says, "Hey man, you get come around the back here. I see something. You know, I don't know what it is, but it's you know, it's pretty big." So as he comes up and the lights hit this tree where this thing was at, it steps out. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, well, I guess apparently one of the, sec the security guards that was there, he was like, um, 
six five or something or six six or he's a really tall dude and uh he said this thing was bigger than him <laughs> and uh, it just slowly stepped back into the woods and just went off into the into the wood line they watched it go into the wood line and then uh then they got called by a homeowner in this development area um that they saw something strange which was the homeowner thought it was a dog in the in this retention pond swimming around until this thing walked up on two legs and then walked oh. into the wood line <laughs> and uh so the security guys is getting really dusk and uh these two security guards uh they drive around to the back of the property where they're doing the construction and where they had the roads but there was no houses and in the where the road ends and then there's the woods and this guy that owned the property i guess it was selling off the property to the uh, developers he had horses on the property and he had a horse barn back there and this is where this creature had walked over to right and uh so these two security guards they go down now it's dark you know they're going down this road where towards these horse this horse barn and they know the horse the horse barn's there and so as they're walking down this road, they have the flashlight on and all of a sudden these two eyeballs peer out and, and start staring at them. And all they can see is the eye shine. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, oh God, what's that? You know, and they're looking at this thing and it's blinking. They can see it blinking its eyes because of their flashlight hitting it, hitting the, the eyes. And uh, she goes, oh no, it's just, that's probably one of, this, one of the guys' horses got loose or something and uh, he goes no man he goes horses have eyes on the side of their head not in front of them right yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't miss and he that goes up. he goes well let's go see what it is you know they start walking a little bit further into the into the location there and then another set of eyes come out another so it's two yeah. different two two different two different size sets of eyes come out and now these two sets of eyes are looking at them and they stop and they're like, oh, heck no, we're not going down there. <laughs> oh, so they crazy. beat it out of there. Yeah. Um, but they, they did get a measurement. They, they measured it about eight feet because on the one of the where the flashlight where they're hitting with the with the eye shine, there was a there was a power pole there. And on the power pole, it had like a little metal um, stamp or number plate on, on the pole itself. So they measured that and it was well over eight feet tall. So um, whatever they were looking at was, was taller than the horses that were there. And it wasn't one of the horses. Yeah, or yeah horses, horses are pretty tall, you know. Now, but now that that whole area has been built up, everything's changed and uh, they moved out. So apparently these things were, uh, were coming into this area thinking that, oh, they're going to go back to this particular area where they've always been. Right. And now so there's homes. Around. Now there's homes all in the area. So. So that's how these things get seen most of the time. And that's how, unfortunately, we're going to probably get more reports of these creatures because we're invading a lot of the property here in Florida right. with uh, housing development. All right. But, Do yeah. you go outside of Florida, David, by any chance? You, uh, any um, I, I don't only, um, I mean, we love to, I love to, but it's with, right. with, the finances and stuff like that is it's really hard to do that and getting time away from work and and time away from family and that sort of thing is it's kind of hard for me to do personally but uh there's been other teammates on our team that are uh, able to go in different areas uh different kind of like alabama and those areas right. um 
but uh, but for the reports, yeah, we love to we love to get the reports coming in and go investigate them. Um, we have our process in doing that, and um, you know you got to weed out the the jokesters and the fakers and all that. You know, yeah. and, and during that, that during just that. like. Well, you have to read, yeah, you have to read body language and you have to, you know, there's a, there's a little process that you, you have to, you have to acquire and then do. And, um, now I keep bringing up Steve's encounter. I didn't have to do that with Steve very much because, you know, just talking to him over the phone and the meeting in person, you know, the guy's like, you're nuts for going out there and go <laughs> looking for this. If you right. saw what I saw, you wouldn't go back there. And he goes, he hasn't been, he's, he fished that area for 20 something years. He goes, I haven't been back there since I go uh, other areas to go fish. I will not go back there. And, uh, but yeah, there's a process that you have to do. You have to read body language really good. You have to do a lot of research on the person themselves. You, you could you gotta do, unfortunately, you got to do background tracks on people um, just, you know, just to see if, you know, are they, are they on the up and up, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I've gotten calls from people, Hey, I had a, an encounter here and, you know, can you come out and, and, you know, can go check it out. And I, in those cases, I actually try to get the people to come out with me. I said, yeah, let's go. You know, you had an encounter here. Could you mind showing me the exact location? I'll, you know, we'll meet up and we'll, we'll go out to the location. I'll, I'll drive, you know, you just tell me where it's at. Um, either they're, either they're, they'll bail out and, and never call me back when that happens. Uh, and that tells me, yeah, they're, you one of two things either they're lying or they're too scared to even go right. out and adventure so um but you you know you really have to filter do a lot of filtering do a lot of stuff because there's unfortunately there's a lot of people that want to joke you joke around with you and then and, and you know waste your time basically and you know that's that's precious time for everybody so you don't you know you don't, you want to make sure you you're on on the right path with uh, you know canvassing the area and, and, and getting the correct information on these reports. Um, other than that, we, we know what types of area these creatures live in. So mm -hmm. we, we venture into those areas. So all, and, you know, we check out those areas and, and if, if all the marks hit where, you know, it's a good area for food, water, and shelter, um, that's definitely a good area to go check out, you know. So, so it's safe to say there's a lot of Bigfoot in Florida. Where would you think are the are most congregated at? Where, where would you uh, think you could find like eat like easier like the easiest place to go to maybe have an, an encounter or some sort of experience? Well, um, believe it or not, these these creatures are some of them are kind of brazen. I think uh, the younger younger ones are more brazen brazen than the uh, the older ones. They're more experienced, you know. They know know how not to get caught, and sometimes they do. But for the for the uh, say the adolescents, the teenage years of these creatures, they're they're more out like they're the, between six and seven feet tall. Those are the more like the teenagers. Now the the more adult ones are they're ranging to eight, nine, maybe ten feet tall, which have been reported here in Florida, believe it or not. So we're we're getting the same types and sizes that you see out in Pacific Northwest and other areas of the country so the the thing about skunk apes being you know these are you know they're smaller than the ones out with it. that's to me I, I like i said i go by eyewitness encounters that we that we go on and, and filter and and get hard evidence on these encounters and especially with hunters you know especially a lot of hunters they 
they can tell distance, they can tell sizes and heights and so forth because they have to, because they're hunting for a particular animal. Um, so you know that even if it wasn't exactly eight foot, but maybe in that realm, you know they're, you know, they're telling the truth. Um, so where so, would I go if I wanted to see one? If you wanted you to go think? see one. Uh, yeah, we'll have an well, encounter. Gosh, if you wanted to go see one, you wanted to, to really like dig deep and put on the brass, you know what, <laughs> and you, you'd want to go and just follow the corridor. I mean, yeah. I mean, anyone who's got Google earth or, you right. know, look at, look at Florida and look at the corridor, the corridor. I mean, these creatures are going to be living in those areas. And, and you think the most families are in there? Most of the families are in there? Oh, I think, yeah, I believe so. They're going to be, I believe if there's a, the family units are going to be really in thick, in thick areas where humans aren't going to go, not even deer hunters. They're not, they're only going to go so far chasing a right. deer, you know, that they may have shot. And if it's, if it's too thick and they can't get in it, they're, they're not going to go on their hands and knees to go, <laughs> you know, get the deer out of a certain right. particular area. Um, because then they have to, you know, have to drag it all the way back out and you, you don't know what you're going to run up against in there. But, right. uh, uh, but for the most part, yeah. Um, follow the corridors, man. There's and a lot of, I'm going to say this, the, a lot of the state parks, all those areas are prime areas, man. They, you know, they, they go into areas, they're opportunists. So <laughs> yeah. if they don't, if they don't have to chase down and hunt down food, to burn a you know a lot of calories you know because that's something they have a lot of calories to burn they rather go dumpster diving they rather go steal stuff out of people's uh, uh coolers at night right um, <laughs> so they're they're very big opportunists so okay so speaking of stealing stuff out of coolers um there's a story another story <laughs> i'm pretty sure maybe you're aware of it have you heard of the story of the mayaka ape oh yeah mm-hmm what do you think of that story? Well, actually, Diane Stocking, uh, she actually, uh, now her name is uh, Diane Ness. Um, she she did her own research on that, and she tracked, she actually spoke to the, the police department that actually got the, the photo and the letter, and nowhere right. on the letter does it have the lady's name. Uh, doesn't have a return address, um, but she did track down the zip code of where it came from. And it came from a very popular area where there was no woods at all. Um, so she basically said that, you know, none of it added up. All you have oh. is this, yeah, all, all you had with this, this letter with a story attached right. to it uh, with, with a picture attached that may or may not be Photoshopped or it could be taking a picture of, you know, an orangutan in, in the wild. Um, but it just, it was, there was, there was nothing adding up to it. So right. as a researcher and an investigator, um, you, you know, that when the trail ends, it just ends, you know, you just, yeah, there, there's no way, there's no reason to pursue it anymore because, all the pieces of the puzzles just don't add up. Right. Um, and, but like I say, you can 
there's a lot of people assume that that's a skunk ape, but it's far from it. A lot of people look at that and say, no, especially eyewitnesses. They'll look at that and they'll say, no, that's not a skunk ape. That's not what right. I saw. What I saw looked like Patty or similar of the Patterson Gibbon film or bigger. So have you gotten reports of anything other than, let's say, Sasquatch? Like, I, I don't, I kind of didn't want to go there, but like, you know, people that say they saw like a dog-like creature or some other cryptid, anything <laughs> we, that you've gotten, any other sort of reports like uh, that? We haven't got any reports per se, as far as that comes in, as far as that goes, but um we used to joke about it uh, with with uh, Carol Ann, the one that passed away, because she used to freak out. She we, we used to joke with her, but we used to bring up the you know the dogman or the werewolf thing. She goes, "Oh, don't don't bring that up. You freak me out." And, and uh, <laughs> after she passed, um, you know, I, we started. I started hearing more and more reports um, in different parts of the country of these things, and so I said, you know, I'm just gonna see what i can see i actually heard a podcast on uh i uh, can't remember which one it was but the gentleman was uh actually he used to work late in the morning early in the mornings and travel in leesburg and he goes you know the road that they uh they shot part of the movie of jeepers creepers in i'm like what and i'm like yeah this thing ran across that road that particular road and uh where that movie was shot and he said this thing this thing was looked like a werewolf wow ran across the road in front of his car he almost hit the thing he was you know was within 20 feet or so um but uh yeah and i started looking it up and doing some more research just on dogman stuff and that so far i've found at that time i found um four or five encounters one in ocala ran across the road um one in um off of 50 near uh is it saint not saint cloud um it's over by the by the turnpike in 27 and 33 which is not far from the green swamp area um just it was just north of that i'm like wow that's pretty close to <laughs> pretty close yeah. to home yeah. um and then the 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 one that really blew my lid was uh, I was listening to a podcast show from uh, Dogman Encounters, I think it was, and um, a gentleman that worked uh, that was in the had an encounter of, of a Bigfoot. Actually, this his buddy that worked in the park at Mayaka State Park actually had a somewhat of an encounter or something. He didn't know what it was, but he he saw a dumpster diving in the park. And that and that was a that was a dogman inciting in there. Wow, that's crazy. So, do yeah. you believe that there could be other cryptids out there that run alongside, you know? Bigfoot oh yeah, or, absolutely. I mean, we've like, seen some. Right. We've seen. I've seen some weird prints out there that I I look at. And I'm I'm trying to think. Is that a gator print or is that you know what kind of print is that? You know, and you take pictures of it. And you just kind of put it over to the side because it's kind of strange right. is it a dog man you know just these things really from what i've from what i've heard and some of the podcasts i've heard that these things are they're not they're they're very different than a sasquatch encounter as opposed to a dogman encounter and from what i've understand from eyewitnesses on both ends of it that actually one guy that had a dogman actually had both encounters at one time right. at different times actually he said 
I much would rather had a Sasquatch encounter than seen this dog man. He goes, wow. yeah, I would these, he goes, he said these things, and I've heard this quite a few times. These things have a aura about them that it's, it's kind of like an evil feeling that yeah. you get. It's just, heard it, it just yeah. comes over you. And he goes with the Sasquatch, it's, you know, it's not like that. It's, you know, you may feel fear, you know, you may feel something else, you know, like your life's in danger, or you're afraid of, you know, what this creature is with a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. But with the dog, man, he's, it's, it's goes much deeper than that. It's like something's like, like almost gets into your head type of thing. Like it knows every part of your being and it rather just kill you than look at you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and that's the kind that's more than one time I've heard that expression about people having these encounters with these dogman creature things. So I'm like, good gosh, man. I said, I don't think I have a big enough gun to <laughs> to protect <laughs> myself against something like that. Right, right. Right. That's crazy. But so it is creepy. In, right. <laughs> I would not want to run across that. Who would? <laughs> but, but I do believe they they do they you do, do you believe they, they do exist? travel? I, I do believe they run in circles with these things. You know, um, I've you know they they the the areas that they they, they travel in same areas these Sasquatch right. and Bigfoot travel in. So now, yeah. one of the questions I have is you know, this these things are these something that was created by man or something like that, you know, or for whatever reason, are they experimenting, which, you know, I wouldn't put past certain individual inter, inter groups or something, you know? Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. I, when I, I, I was, wouldn't put, wouldn't when put I was in the, the past them. when I was serving in the, in, at, uh, in the military, I was stationed at Nellis air force base. So, you know, not too far, and that was in Vegas, so it's not too far from Area 51. Oh, there yeah. was this uh, sort of legend or lore called Catman. Uh-huh. Supposedly, that was an experiment gone wrong. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Yeah, I've I've heard stories of facilities, uh, particularly in Georgia and Carolinas, that they they do experiment on certain animals and so forth and i'm like ah, man you don't don't want to be messing with that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah like making cameras man like you yeah don't want, you want to do that all right so um so david go into like your first experience because i want to get into it like your experiences what My was experience? your first yeah your first experience what was your first experience oh my gosh um my first experience was uh, and what year if you can get into that please um gosh that was probably back in 2006 i think it was is when not, not too long ago man <laughs> yeah yeah um as when we actually i actually heard whistles in the, in a location um there's we were in, in a particular area where there was actually hunting uh, hog hunting going on during the day and we couldn't go out during the day be, because they were out the hunters were out there during the day but at night we can go yeah but uh one of the teammates of ours uh, heard, but as they were they were going to leave to go home and drive, they weren't going to camp out. Um, one of the hunters approached her and uh, asked her a bunch of questions about during the day. And if we were out during the day doing anything, we're like, no, we're 
we were told we were, we were in an area where they were hunting and we shouldn't have been camping there but we had a permit to camp there and uh, we, were, we were told specifically by the game wardens <laughs> to you know stay in the camp during the day and then when they're out you can you, we can do whatever we want you know so we did we did that so um so they had an experience these two hunters had an experience there and they got whistled at and they got shadowed in, in the wood line um trying to find a good area to hunt so she they were telling her this story at night so she comes back and tells us their story and by this time it's probably about one o'clock in the morning 12 30 one o'clock in the morning we're sitting around the campfire um and uh they were going to go leave to go back home again and uh, all of a sudden we hear two whistles just north of us in the pitch blackness you know at this wow. time it's quiet you know you can hear the wind blowing through the trees you know and you hear the crackling of the fire and that's all and you hear our voices around the campfire and all of a sudden you hear these two shrill whistles go off and i'm like oh man i said that's it that's them and uh <laughs> Now, was it a, was it were they opposite of each other or they were in the same no, no. area? It was, it was they were kind of close together. Um, I don't know if it was the same whistle from the same creature or they were trying to communicate or one of them was trying to communicate with somebody, I believe, with another individual creature. Right. So there was nobody out there. I mean, the hunters have already gone. They were gone for several hours after that. Um, so it was just us out there. And uh, there was no other like i said we we in that area when they had those hunts there's no one should be camping out there as far as you know recreation wise um so we went out we jumped up and said we got our we got our thermals we got night vision looking around trying to find this thing couldn't find anything couldn't see anything <laughs> it was some crazy <laughs> and and um that was one experience the other experience was um in another part of the the green swamp where we camp at we we research in and uh we were in mixed company uh, at the campsite so i said well let's get our gear and we'll just go down the road here and we'll go walk towards the river and there's a little area there by the river that we can go and it was a little bit of a moon out it was probably about maybe three quarters uh, less than three quarters um so as we got to a point, I said, okay, let's, you know, let's kill our lights and let her sit here and let our eyes get adjusted to, to the moonlight. And, uh, cause we, at that point, we didn't need lights to, to see where we we're going. It was, it was pretty good, pretty good moonlight there. So all this time I'm, I'm, I have my parabolic mic going and I'm recording as we're walking and we walk, we get to the river as we're getting to the river, we turn down this this little path to get to the river and we i kept picking up sounds audible sounds and one was a was a was a, a whistle well not a whistle but i whistled and you heard something go whoop whoop you know and uh so we stopped you know there and this at this point i didn't like we had a, there was a lot of us all in this one group there's probably six of us and, but we're being super quiet we're walking down this road there's six of us trying to be quiet going down this road and uh so we i picked up a, a couple of good audios there um and we got to the river 
and I was picking up more audio and one was really weird, which sounded like a, um, it's very faint, but it picked up and I didn't hear it when I played it at the camp, but when I got home and listened to it, I could hear it, it as like, a, you know, like a real evil, evil kind of a laugh type of thing. Right. And I was like, whoa, I said, what I had to play that back at me you know, a couple dozen times. <laughs> and uh, that was one. And then um, another part of the audio I got was it sounded like if you heard somebody way off in the distance, just arguing at the top of their lungs, you know, but you can't make out what they're saying. Right. I caught that on the audio as well. And I'm like, you hear it just like, like the samurai yeah. tatter that they, that they talk about the samurai kind of, yeah. Kind of sort of like that. Yeah. I mean, if, if I was a little bit, if this, if I was a little bit closer to the sound, it probably would have picked it a lot better. It's kind of right. way, it's way off, but I still picked up a little bit of it. And then uh, after a while we, uh, as we're now granted, I was getting all this audio on the trail we came in on. I was pointing my parabolic in that direction. I said, well, you know, we, we just walked on that road <laughs> to get to here. <laughs> right. I said, and that's, that's where all this audio is coming from. So whatever it was, we passed it. And you think get, it knew you passed it? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was, that was pretty creepy. That was pretty creepy. Some, and then we got some uh, a branch break that was actually really close. Um, and that audio is on the, on our website as well, as well. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that was pretty intriguing stuff. Um, like I said, I've, 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 I've seen the evidence that they leave behind. I've, I've heard right. pretty much everything that they do. Whoops, yell, scream, wood knocks, uh, all that. But you, um, but you haven't but seen one. I haven't laid my eyes on the, one right. of those dang things yet. So it's coming, <laughs> it, David. Trust me. it's coming, man. It's coming. It's got to come sooner or later. Even if I have to go out there and, and do a uh, survivor man, Bigfoot myself, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and uh, just go out there and, and get in the mix of it. But uh, now two of, two of the guys on our team, um, Bill that lives down South, he's been hitting this area. Uh, near Okeechobee, uh, pretty good. And another guy that was on our team, um, he had a, um, a therm on his camera, on his cell phone, and Bill had a night vision with him. And actually, they both got a good look at one that was near their, um, where they were camping at. And I don't know if you heard that rumble, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, we we got the air show going on at night here uh, the sun and fun here in lakeland so you got jets flying over at night so <laughs> um, just shook all the windows in the house here <laughs> i heard that i heard a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but uh he calls bill calls me up one i think it was sunday or or something like that it was late at night i was like what's he calling me about this late <laughs> He goes, Dave, Dave, man, I got to tell you what happened to us. <laughs> and uh, so he's, he's telling me all this, what's going on and what happened. But they uh, <clears throat> they were camping in this area and they were just looking around. They, they saw like a bobcat or something out there and they're kind of looking at that and, you know, listening to sounds and stuff. And they were under a, um, 
a little uh, pavilion that had a metal roof on it and it had picnic tables under it. And uh, it was kind of like a little primitive, primitive camp area there. And uh, uh, Bill had, had his van there, of course, you know, he's, I call it the mystery van because Bill <laughs> is our, like our, uh, you know, he's our go-go gadget guy. He can build and do anything you want out of anything, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so um, he was there and they were both looking and he's like, um, Dave was with him and, and Dave says, that, hey, Bill, what's this? What do you, what do you make on this? And he's looking through his little Seek uh, thermal device that's connected to his phone. And he's looking at it, he goes, oh yeah. He goes, well, that is amazing. He goes, that looks, that looks like a Sasquatch. <laughs> and, really? Uh, yeah. And uh, he's looking at it through a therm. So Bill gets his uh, night vision out and he's trying to, he's trying to look at, on his therm and on his night vision, trying to get the same area. And this thing is uh, behind a palm tree staring at them. <clears throat> And uh, they're not, they're not far at all away that there's probably, I think they were said there were, gosh, 40, 50 yards. Maybe. That's not far, man. Yeah. That's like right there. Yeah. And uh, it was throwing something at them and they kept oh, like rocks or something. I don't know what it was. If it was, if it was uh, uh, acorns or what, but there, it was throwing something because it would hear, it would hit the tin roof that they were sitting on the picnic tables underneath. And wow. it, would roll down, it would roll down the roof and they're like, what is that? You know? <laughs> so that's when they started looking around. That's when they right. saw this thing. Um, well, one arm was around the, the tree. You can see that. And uh, so he's, you know, Bill's excited. His first, you know, he's, he, for, he finally got to see one of these things. So he's describing what he's seeing when he's looking through, through his night vision. He goes, man, I can see all the way to the fingernails, the hair, the hand. No oh Yeah. And he's looking at this thing because, man, this thing's got to be about seven feet tall. And uh, he said the hair is dark. It had, he goes, it's weird because, you know, it looked like it was wet, like it just came out of the water. And because uh, the, the, the hair was sticking to its body, you know, kind of a little bit. And uh, he's telling me all this and I stuff. I said, Bill, did you hit record? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> He goes, that's yes. what I was going to tell you. <laughs> oh, man. He goes, I was so in awe seeing okay. this. And so was Dave. And he goes, as, they were, as they were, their brains was trying to register what they were seeing, he goes, oh, crap, I better record this. And, and as he goes, Dave, it's almost like it read my mind. He says, as soon as I, I, was, I hit the button, he said, this thing just turned and it bolted back the way it came it went the opposite direction right. he said it he goes i heard of them moving fast he says but it's nothing compared to when you see them move fast and he said this thing moved and it was bulky he said it was at least three the shoulders were at least three foot wide and at least seven six and a half seven feet tall like a they, yeah they actually got they they took pictures of the print which is about 15 inches by seven inches. I think it was 15 by seven. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I could think of is it was, you know, another adolescent one, just being nosy, trying to come in there and see what they were doing there, you know, in that location. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So as we, as we are close to wrapping this up, um, what do you think are Bigfoot? Are Bigfoot, 
primitive man that we that, that somehow made it all these years? Is it a simian type of an ape-like creature? Is it a hybrid genetic experiment? Aliens taking something from another planet and dropping it off? Like, what, what do you think <laughs> of this? Well, like Wes says, you know, we don't have one in our garage that, <laughs> to examine, you know. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I don't, I, at the end of the day, you don't really don't know, but we can, like I said, we can speculate. Um, now these, uh, if, if you're asking me, are they more intelligent than, than most creatures on our continent? Yes, I would say yeah. most definitely. Yeah. Even some humans, they're intelligent. Human, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything that can open up containers with their hands and get food out and then close the containers back and set it back on people's porches you know that's intelligence um you know bears aren't gonna do that they're gonna tear through stuff rip it apart with their nails and that sort of thing but uh these things are they they do things systematically so i don't know if they're i used to think on the terms of these are some sort of ape but if it was some sort of ape then we would have them in a zoo you know what I mean? Right. Um, so that tells me they have to be more than just an ape with this intelligence. Um, now, you know, people, a lot, a lot of people probably debate that, you know. Um, no, but I like that. Yeah, I like chimpan- that. I mean, yeah, like what, what chimpanzees can do. But these things, if if you listen to the eyewitness report, reports again and what, what they observe during those encounters – they would say that these things acted more human. May, they may look between ape and man, but they, their actions look more human-like. So are they a hybrid? I kind of lean towards maybe them being some sort of a hybrid, I don't know, from us or from some other entity or something. I'm not sure. Um, I do know that they may possess some specific uh what's the word i'm trying to think of um qualities or yeah or skills that we possibly as humans used to know how to do but over the years that we've gone away from it um and you're referencing like the cloaking and all that right well not so much cloaking but um uh, you know, I've, sp- I've spoken to a gentleman that actually did our tracking class for us, and they were actually four ex-military gentlemen, um, and all four of them knew how to remote view. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and he spoke to a um, a gentleman, I think it was in Africa or Asia, somewhere over there, Africa, Asia area. Um and he was just staring off, had a glazed look over his face, and he was just staring off across the land. And he asked him, he goes, what do you, do you mind me asking what are you doing? He goes, I'm hunting. And this, you know, this African gentleman is saying, I'm hunting. And he goes, what do you mean you're hunting? He goes, I'm hunting. I'm hunting a lion. A lion. Apparently, this lion was coming in and killing livestock and humans. So they were going to round up a group of guys to go out and hunt this lion down to kill it. And, uh, but he was remote viewing where this lion was wow. going. He, and 
he actually remote viewed where he found tracks of this lion. So once he found the tracks of the lion, he just followed the tracks and then fought and found the lion. And they were, able, awesome. they were able to kill it, but he remote viewed it first. And if you, a lot of people, I don't know if your audience knows what remote viewing is, but you can always, you know, Google that and look it right. up. Um, apparently as humans, all of us can do that. And, but it, it, it works along with our, I'm going to say this wrong, probably if it's the pineal gland in our, Oh, the pineal brain. gland, right. Yes. Um, and everyone has that. And and uh, that's kind of like what most well, women have the intuition type of thing, or we have yeah. intuition. intuition that, yeah. That's yeah, that's that's pulling from that pineal gland, or right. So um, we don't use that a lot. I mean, right. you know, we've gotten away from using those types of skills. Um, I think these creatures use can use those types of skills, right. and there's probably other skills that they use that either we're not familiar with, or they know how to use, and we don't. And they could be using quantum physics too for a lot of these things that, uh, you know, disappearing in, in thin air. You know, you see tracks, all of a sudden they disappear and they're gone. You don't see them anymore. Right. Um, so are they using some sort of quantum physics in that? Is that something that we can't or we've gotten away from? Yeah. Well, well they say that our, our pineal gland, the reason why we can't, like you said, remote view is because it's been calcified calcified exactly because we don't use it you know we don't well, use it. well most yeah. people don't use it you know and now if you go back into the days of uh of hitler you know hitler uh used something called um fluoride to decalcify that and uh, because what he was trying to do he, he didn't want people questioning his actions or his or why he was doing what he was doing so uh he heard about this fluoride that was developed by um, the Rockefellers. And that he, he was using a lot of that on his own people right. <laughs> and, right. and, and others. Um, and I don't know how old, how old you are, but I remember the days when in school, when we, uh, they made us brush our teeth in school with, uh, with, the, with the fluoride uh, capsules. Oh, you got to do this for you. It's good for your teeth. It's good for yeah. your teeth. You got to do it for and I'm thinking now in the older, I'm like, well, why were they telling us that? You know, and now, now I know how bad fluoride is for the human body so, uh, consumption. So, so Dave, are you admitting you're a conspiracy theorist here? Or are we, are we getting uh, into that? <laughs> I always say it's not a conspiracy if it's true. <laughs> I got you, my man. I got you. It's oh. not a conspiracy if it's true. <laughs> All right, my man. So listen, um, let's say you had. Okay, let, let's say like you had like a person like uh, Jeff Bezos or like uh, Elon Musk. They, they got deep pockets. Oh yeah. Man. Let's say they send a, a large group in the Green River. You know, are they finding Sasquatch? Like, if you had an unlimited budget, would you think you can find the Sasquatch? Well, I was asked that by a gentleman that was actually going to, and he passed away. Unfortunately, he had uh, he, he got cancer, and I found out last year that he passed away. But uh, <clears throat> he was a businessman. He had a couple of businesses, and we sat down and talked. Um, and he asked me straight up, he, he was one of these people that was interested in the whole thing, but he was not going to go out and do the legwork. He, he <laughs> right off the bat, he says, he goes, I'll throw some money at it, but he goes, I, I, I want you guys to do this. You know, you guys are the, you know, you guys are professionals at getting out there and, and looking for what you're looking for. And he go, and he was telling me this and, uh, 
and I, he asked me, he goes, what's the biggest obstacle for researchers to, you know, to put an end to the, the mystery of this? And I told him, I said, the biggest thing is, the two biggest things is time and money. I said, uh, you know, we all have jobs. We all have to, you know, pay bills. We've got families. We got, you know, we don't have, you know, 100% of the time involved in, in, to be able to do this. I in my opinion, to do this correctly, right. um, like a Jane Goodall approach type of thing, um, which would be awesome if you had the backing. And he goes, well, what if you had somebody that could do that for you? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, what if, what if somebody put up the money for that, for you to be able to do that? I was like, you can count me in <laughs> count me in. I, he goes, and he had, we, we just discussed plans of what he wanted to do. And, uh, he wanted to drop quite a big sum of money. Right. And I mean, big, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. wow. And it was a really good thought out plan. And I told him, I said, you know, that would be the ticket to do it, you know, to, to be out in, any location. Um, Correct. And so what would that or, money be used for? Like, would you, would it be manpower? Cause I think like when I'm, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, no, when, I, when, when I see like people doing research, like anything, even the stuff on TV, finding Bigfoot, you know, uh, expedition Bigfoot, it's always like a few people. Yeah. It's never like a, a, like a group of 20, 30, 40 people, you know what I mean? And I know it's because of the money part. So if you right. had that out of the way, if that wasn't an obstacle, would that be like that? That would that be the approach? More people coming from different angles to maybe bring it to a you know to try to drag this thing into a certain area to eventually find it or capture right. it or whatever you know like would that well, be the angle? That would definitely get us closer to them. Um, I don't know. I mean, who knows what these creatures would do one on one if you tried to capture one or kill one i definitely wouldn't wouldn't want to try to kill one of these things because when you where you see one there's there's quite a few others around or not right. too far away from them you know um but it would yeah it would take a it would take a lot of time and, and money um definitely you'd have to be in an area for s several months if not several years um and being off the grid type of thing, um, being one with the environment, so to speak, them getting used to you um, as far as, uh, and I keep bringing this up, kind of like the Jane Goodall approach, how, how she approached it, the, the gorillas, silverback gorillas back then. Um, you, would have to, you would have to do something like that. Um, she got so much information off just the gorillas of, of doing that. Um, and it took a long time for them to get used to her being there. But then once they were used to her being there, it was like, you know, she was just like another part of the forest, another, another creature of the forest. So that's what it would take a lot of time and money to do something like that. Now the shows that you see on TV, you know, a lot of it's entertaining. It's fun. And yeah, actually, actually, I, I know I've, I've met, uh, Maria and uh, yeah. at the at the conference, and of course I I know um, uh, Russ 
Russell Eichord. Russell Cord, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, very good, awesome guy. I, I love him to death, and uh, that's why I met him at the at the conference in the uh, International Bigfoot Conference. I actually helped him, him and all that, and that, that was a wonderful time. That's another story. I got to meet right. Bill, Bob, Bob, and we all got to go to dinner after the conference with Bob and I got to sat, sat there and talked to Bob other than Bigfoot stuff, which was interesting, but Bob, Bob is the original cowboy. I mean, right. he's probably the last of the Mohicans of the Cowboys. I mean, this man's been through hell and back. <laughs> and, oh yeah, exactly. But he, awesome guy, interesting guy. He <clears throat> Bigfoot is probably about that much in his life compared to what he's, he's done his whole life right. that's how that's how that's how it is and he'll tell you he said this it's bigfoot was only this part of, of my whole life and uh but interesting guy but yeah that's what it was it would take actually i mean we we're weekend warriors so to speak uh, unless you go into a particular area and you frequent that area and if it's an area where these creatures inhabit for very long times and don't move off very often if ever um and there's quite a few areas like that in our country still today and some some of our country or parts of the country have never been explored um you can, i mean you can ask a lot of people researchers that have been doing this for a long time um but those are the areas that they're going to be in and that's you know time money man that's it that's right. that's, that's the two things that's that's kind of styming uh the research in this field i mean right. science is not gonna spend that type of money right. to send scientists out there for something that's a myth you know considered a myth so it's going to take people like ourselves you know and that's kind of the approach that uh, this gentleman was telling me that he wanted to go in he wanted to have a, a group of research across the country uh, not just in Florida, not just in Georgia or Alabama. Or he wanted to have them across the country. He wanted to have a hub of scientists, say, for instance, Jeff Meldrum and that sort of those sort of folks with high credentials. And believe it or not, there's there's more than just Jeff that are interested in this, um, but they can't really jump into something like that and uh, do the you know their capacity where they work um but there's a lot of them that are that would jump on this in a heartbeat and uh, that's what it was going to take so we go out we do the legwork we get the evidence and we bring that to the scientists right and they put their skills to work i mean we can be uh um what do you call it um so amateur scientists in the field um, which our team tries to do that we we try to follow what scientists needs you know because a lot of times science isn't going to look at any kind of evidence whatsoever if you don't follow their standards of how to collect evidence and so forth so you know we had the the uh, we had a, a tracking class done so we can track these creatures and get closer to them right. and we had um, a forensic class done and now we're uh, hopefully by the end of this month, we're going to have an arborist come in from the University of uh, Florida and show us exactly the signs to look for 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 tree tree uh, formations, tree rot, and and just different things that we 
maybe looking in the field and saying, oh, that could be Sasquatch done that or could be something natural. Right. Well, we're, we, I kind of really want to know for sure, you know, what right. I'm looking at is either Sasquatch done it or this is something natural or what have you. Um, so, you know, I called upon University of Florida, got a hold of uh, a gentleman there. He's an arborist. And he said he would come out for free <laughs> and cool. show us some stuff. And he goes, I'd, I'd be interested to, to see what you guys found, you know, and see what you're seeing. Right. And I said, okay, that'd be great. And so we're supposed to do that at the end of this month in April. So hopefully if things go well, we'll be doing that. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So do, do you think uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, you think eventually it'll be identified and classified? And if you do, uh, when, when do you think that'll happen? Like, Oh gosh. Um, if, if we're talking outside <clears throat> certain agencies, <laughs> um, which is going to be my next it, question for you, it, by the way, yeah, it, it, ahead, would be, it, would, it would be known to the, to the people that watch the TV shows <laughs> for those that know for sure. in those agencies, uh, yeah, they already know this stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think it will. Um, just like they came out and said, now they're coming out and say, oh yeah, UFOs are real. Oh well, yeah. Well, thanks for joining the club. You know, everyone else knows that. And now you're just you're you're confirming that yeah, they are they do exist now. And so, but um, you think that'll happen with Bigfoot that they'll be just be like, oh yeah, yeah. it exists. Yeah, I, I believe so. And and I think. Um, I don't know how laws, because it, it would be nice to protect these things. Um, you don't need people going out and trying to kill them. I'm, I mean, they do live in family pods and units, and it, they are very family oriented, and they will protect their family at all costs. Um, and we've we've heard reports of that. You know, we, different parts of the country that they will they will protect their family just like we would protect our family if someone exactly. was trying to harm them. So protecting was protecting them would be awesome. If we can get something in legislation, uh, not just in Florida, but uh, all over the country, that'd be great. Um, Cause we, we are consuming a lot of property. I mean, we're and just in Florida alone. We're just, we're killing the natural resources here is, is crazy right but uh what was there, what was your next question about the uh because i wonder like you, you, you're, you're it seems like you're getting close you, you're you're and you're also expanding your knowledge base right you're getting arborists yeah. you're doing all these things have you faced any backlash or obstacles from any agencies that you feel like are trying to stop you from getting that information no um the, the thing with the dog man thing, I, I wanted to pursue that. And that was, that happened in my state park and uh, the podcast that I heard about this and I actually wanted to go and check it out for myself uh, only because the, the other gentleman had a very, very good in, uh, encounter with two Sasquatches, which is actually, they were out hog hunting with some dogs and him and his buddy were together <clears throat> and he saw a juvenile, a little one, a female one up in a tree. Wow. He thought it was a bear um, until he actually he climbed up into the tree up and looked at this thing. I mean, within a foot. No <laughs> and, way, right there. Oh, yeah, it was right there sitting in the tree. I mean, he's like, what is that? You know, so he got up in the tree 
you know, and thought it was a cub. That it was, was like a, it was a female, and he so said he thought it was a cub because I mean, I, yeah, yeah, he thought it was like a, he yeah, didn't you know what it was. Bear. Why are you going to go bear? up with a, yeah. you know? <laughs> it, but it, you know, this thing was holding on to the limbs. He saw arms, he saw legs. He's like, what is that? So he just got, he wanted to get closer and see what right. it was, and he said it was a female for sure because he he said it had the hair on it wasn't really th as thick. Um, so you can see kind of like through the hair, she, you know, you right. saw female parts and all that. <clears throat> wow. And so as he jumped back, he's like in awe, like, what the heck is this thing? You know, and this is at night now <laughs> he's got flashlights and, you know, and, uh, his buddy's holding the dogs because the dogs want to jump on this thing, you know, and right. tear it up, you know, <laughs> and he's holding off the other guys holding off the dogs. And so if you can picture in your mind, the guy over here, say to his right or left, he's holding off the dogs. This gentleman, the other gentleman's looking up in this tree of this thing. Well, in between the two gentlemen, this big mother Sasquatch walks right between the two guys. And this little one just kind of, as you would see a, an ape do in a zoo, just crawl right up on mama's shoulder and she grabs it around the, you know, around its waist, like we would hold a child. <clears throat> and he was saying that, uh, that this thing just, you know, walked, breezed, kind of breezed right in and you can feel how heavy she was. I mean, yeah. she was every, every bit of eight feet tall and about oh, four feet, no. four feet wide. And, uh, so he's looking, they're looking at this thing, you know, and, this this thing's just standing there now staring at them and uh his buddy's like hey man do you see this do you see this he goes yeah man i'm looking right at it aren't you and he and he, and he, he turns to he goes no i'm looking at that one <laughs> and he there was a, a male behind this dude oh, that oh, was holding God. that was holding the dogs and this thing was on all fours down the ground and it was just it was growling i mean it was like that 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 uh, real deep growl right and it, and that was that uh, infrasound stuff that there was he was projecting and it was he can feel it going through their bodies and he's like what the heck man and while while it was doing that growl type of sound the female and the little one walked off so when the guy turned around look was looking for her she was already gone <laughs> wow and then the big one, the big one stood up and he said, when that thing stood up, that big guy stood up, he was about nine to 10 feet tall. And he, he had like uh, four foot wide shoulders and just built. I mean, he put Arnold Schwarzenegger to, to shame back in the day. <laughs> he said, this thing was, was massive. And this is in Florida. You know, he, these, are, these, these are, these are, so yeah, yeah. This is in the state of Florida, and so-called the skunk apes aren't supposed to get, but six, six and a half feet tall down. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I heard that no. for so many years. Yeah. Until your show with uh, on that Sasquatch Odyssey when you said that yeah. no, that that's a myth. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you do the measurements on the the prints that we've gotten down here, if you do the math on it, it you know, they, especially the eighteen-inch tracks that we found. There's there's there was a nineteen-inch track pulled out of Green Swamp which is even a little bit bigger. So that's, that's about a nine foot between nine, nine and a half foot tall. So, you know, there, that, that should tell you how big these things can get down here. 
Man, Shaq, Shaq, I think is what thirteen inches. This yeah, but he, yeah, thirteen. But his, but the huge. width, yeah, but the width of his foot isn't as big as these things. Right. <laughs> he it's may have a, a he may have the length on it, but you yeah. don't have the width on it. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference between Sasquatch and humans: is yeah. the width of their foot and the and the and the, of course the weight. And the mid tarsal break, right? That's one of the things. right. Yeah, the mid tarsal break in which. You know, we've I've seen pictures of prints where these uh, where where prints were like dug into a side of a ditch and where they casted the the print. It looked weird because it it looked like you saw the heel and then there was a into the it didn't, into the ditch was a hole, and then when you take the casting out, you can see the toes of this thing and you can actually see where this thing hinges the right. the mid tarsal break hinges, so. If you equate that with them climbing trees, which they do, uh, or getting on all fours and running like a banshee through the woods, that mid tarsal break comes in handy because it's you know it's, it's digging in, right? It's, dig, it's digging in, and, and, and they're able to they're able to run as fast as on all fours than they are on two legs. Man, that's amazing, man. So, David, what's in the future for you and your team? Tell us oh, what's going to be happening in the next months, years. Oh gosh. Well, for me, I've had, you know, family issues, you know, with my wife, unfortunately, she's, she has epilepsy. She's had epilepsy diagnosed for 15 years. Um, yes, it's, it's gotten worse over the past six years or so. Um, so we've been dealing with trying to get that squared away and trying to get that fixed, uh, working with Mayo and, and other neurologists and so forth. So it's been, it's been pretty rough for me getting out in the field. Actually, I haven't been out in the field like I would like to in, in a couple of years because uh, um, I'm primary care for her. And uh, so taking care of her and, and working at the same time. That's your priority. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, we always say it's family first, man, family right. first. And uh, so um but my teammates, they're, they're getting out there, they're doing their thing, you know, when they can. And that's all I ask, you know, if they can do it, you know, I know family comes first. Most Exactly. You know, get out there, take care of your families first. And then, you know, this, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this more when, when we can. Um, but so um, between conferences, I was able to actually do the conference here in Lakeland. Um, the past two conferences and the next one will be coming up in uh, 23 um, here in Lakeland. So what is it called? What is that? What is it called? Um, it's called the great Florida Bigfoot conference. Oh my God. I didn't even know that existed. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We had uh, Cliff and Bobo, the first, the very first. Really? One. Yeah. Um, Cliff and Bobo. That's the one I, the, the one I spoke at. And then the last one was last year or where am I at, 22, this year, um, in January, um, I did a, uh, uh, I had a little spot on the, on the conference there, or a uh, question and answer type of thing, which was awesome. I mean, the, the guys, uh, uh, Nikki and, and Martin that, that put on this conference, they did, they do amazing work. I mean, they, they're awesome. They do one in, uh, in Gatlinburg as well. A big, big foot one in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. That's where they're from in Tennessee. Um, amazing couple to work with. And, uh, people were always asking me, Hey, why don't you, we, we need to get a good conference down here in Florida because no one's done one, you know, no one has a conference. And 
one of the reasons I went out to the International Bigfoot Conference, number one, was to see Bill uh, Bob Gimlin, <laughs> and then to go talk to Russell Accord because he put on he put on the the one out uh, up there in Washington, and uh, so I learned a lot of information on how to uh, how much money it takes to to put on a conference like that size. Um, it, there's a lot involved, and, and kudos to to Nikki and Marty for putting this one on in Florida because I was. I was like, there's no way I can do it. <laughs> there's no way. I mean, there's too much involved. And, and luckily, uh, Nikki, um, Martin's um, girlfriend, I guess their girlfriend, um, girlfriend and boyfriend, um, she, that's her business. She, she does conferences and stuff. So, um, and Martin puts, does all the promos together and all, everything. So um, great, awesome cause. Uh, couple and i couldn't i couldn't thank him even more because i was like yes we're finally going to get a conference here in uh in florida and yeah he also talked to uh, ken gerhardt and uh and lyle blackburn um and at a conference up there and i think in tennessee because he was looking to maybe have one in florida and both of them said hey you need to talk to dave (laughs) down here he says they're they're a legit group, and he goes, you know, yeah, talk to Dave and get in contact with him because he would love to have that have a conference down here and get one going. So, um, hey, it just started then. And they have two, and it's going to be an annual event. So um, next year, I'm not sure exactly when the date will be for uh, tw- uh, 2023, but right. that that'll probably soon come out, maybe they may start gearing that up hopefully this summer for plans on that one so yeah, look if, that up. yeah if you look it up man come on out to it it's yeah awesome. i would love to man i would love to so yeah. anything any plans on a book documentary you know people ask me uh, if i if i ever thought about writing a book and i'm like you know what there's so much information out there already i would just be kind of like trying to invent the the, uh, the wheel again you know with, i mean nobody really it. does florida though i have i mean they do normally um, northwest so they do general bigfoot stuff yeah there's, florida, there's I feel is, you know an animal of itself like its own animal you know so to speak there's there's a couple of uh, books out there on florida um but like i said you know um these creatures are no different from florida to, to washington state i mean it the, the only thing different is the terrain and but they they all do the same exact things <laughs> yeah so writing a book about these things doing the same exact things it's, it's kind of to me i think it'd be redundant you know other than getting my my name in print somewhere you know i'm like okay well, I, i'd rather have my name in you know maybe in a in a in a you know a journal or something like that or a little, something something small little, on a smaller scale <laughs> yeah a little little blurb or something like that or or maybe someone can do a book on me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh all of it takes time and you know and, and and writing a book i know it's and i'm i'm too anal retentive because i would it would probably take me 10 years to write one book probably because <laughs> i'd have to get everything just right um but uh, i don't know it's it's something that i've tossed around with just a little bit but uh but you know maybe maybe one day maybe one day all right. Well, Dave Sadati, the man, you're a gentleman. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I learned a lot, man. I mean, you have a, a, a breadth of knowledge. Um, and 
I, I'm always looking out into the woods, you know, whenever I'm driving or my wife's driving and I'm always thinking like, is there something in there? But after this interview, I'm like, yeah, there's probably something in there. Well, do you, do you get out in the woods at all or do any, do any, I don't get out in the woods. I just, I look into those things, but maybe one day I'll go with you. I don't know. Maybe I'll get the balls to actually go out there and, and try to see if well, something happens, you know? Yeah, we, we, we like we like having skeptics come out there or newbies that are just into it, you know, want to want to learn, you know, because that's what we do. We 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 uh, we like to to teach people how to do this stuff. People like, hey, I want to join the join your group and your team and I want to learn more about this stuff. And uh, we're we're like, yeah, man, that's you know, boots on the ground. You get out there. I mean, it's, it's we do a little bit, of, you know, we can do a little bit of classroom stuff to get you to get the thing, the ball rolling um but but getting out there in the woods getting your getting like i said getting boots on the ground getting dirty that's the way to to experience it really experience it um and you know i encourage anybody if they if, even yourself if you, right if you guys want to know more about what we do and how we do right it definitely sort of thing, yeah reach out to us you know our website's out there www.isrtusa.com and uh, you can hit me up on uh, on Facebook uh, if Facebook's still going to be around next year or so. But who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows? But there's other platforms out there I may have to reach out to because uh, uh, some some platforms may not be around much longer. Um, but uh, yeah, reach out to us, man. We're we'll, yeah. we're open for anything. There's no stupid question honestly yes, there's no stupid question and uh, if we can answer the best we can we will well stay in touch and uh keep me updated on anything new and cool all right man because I, I think if, if anything's gonna break it's gonna happen with individuals like yourself that are actually going out there and doing the work so, absolutely uh, again thank you for your time my man i appreciate you hey you're very welcome all right brother see you see you all right